My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rodens, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And it is the WNR 144 today, WWE versus WSW February 1998. But before we do anything else, let's start off with the alternate intro. Of course, we do this every week. At the moment, we're doing film titles. We did do 1994, but seeing as we were in 1998, I thought we'd do a film from that year. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me. That or uh, his dudeness or uh, duda. Or El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. And that is The Big Lebowski from 1998. If anybody's ever seen that, that is a great film to watch. On this episode, we're going to be looking at four episodes of Raw and the four episodes of Nitro leading us towards WSW Super Bowl. Then on part two, we'll be bringing you the entire pay-per-view event of WSW Super Bowl and the Raw and Nitro afterwards. In 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows, Raw and Nitro, went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNR podcast go back 20 years, right in the middle of the battle. we followed the war since the inception of Nitro, and now with the Attitude Era getting going and WCW at its peak, it's a perfect time to follow it month to month. This is WWE versus WCW, the Monday Wars. So this is February 1998, so let's begin. And of course, we've got a five-point system in place. We're looking at roster, rating, promo, matches, setting. And of course, you know, overall score at the end of it as well. The last thing we had watched was sold out in January. Chris Jericho had just won the Cruiserweight title from Rey Mysterio. Nash dropped Giant on his head in one of the most brutal botches of all time. What we didn't watch were a couple of things of interest. Firstly, Dusty Rhodes. One of the most hilarious moments in pro wrestling was Dusty Rhodes' NWO. The second was Scott Hall versus Larry Zbysko in what, believe it or not, was one of the most hyped matches in WSW with an excellent build. It unfortunately featured a very old ex-wrestler turned announcer. It only made sense for Dusty Rose to be in Larry's corner, an old ex-wrestler turned announcer himself. NWO lackey, NWO lackey Louis Spicoli hit the ring to attack the living legend. Good old Dusty comes to Larry's defence, destroying Spicoli with the bionic elbows. So that a few creepy and slash or sexy gyrations before elbowing Larry. The American Dream then very slowly unbutters his jersey to show an NWO shirt as he becomes a member of the NWO. It begs the question of why did Dusty beat up Spicoli if he was in the NWO? Poor Louie, a victim of convulsion that was the New World Order. 
After this, Dusty would walk out to the ring with Scott Hall a few times and nothing else in the NWO. Zabisco would make a lot of fat jokes about him during his time on commentary in the months following. WCW did not book Larry vs. the American Dream, but you can always watch Michael Cole vs. Jerry Lawler from WrestleMania 27 for weird announcer feud blow-offs. And the other thing was, the second thing at Sold Out we didn't mention was Sting and Hogan. And we see J.J. Jenner with the well title. He talks about the big mess in the last month and how he's tried to come up with the best answer. Dylan brings out Roddy Piper for the first time since Halloween Havoc. Roddy talks about nothing of note before bringing out Sting, Hall and Hogan for the big announcement. Piper says that Hall earned his world title shot, but since there's no world champion, Hall has to take a back seat for the time being. As for Hogan, he is a three-time world champion and Piper would just love to put that title around his waist. Not. Seriously, that's what Piper said. The solution to all the problems over a belt... A rematch between Hogan and Sting at Super Brawl. Sting gets in Hogan's face and Hall walks away with a disgusted look on his face. Somehow, this took over 12 minutes. Yeah, so the big idea Piper had to solve everything that we've had, no one could do it beforehand, was to just have a rematch at the next pay-per-view. I would have thought that had been quite basic booking, but hey, it, like I said, it took 12 minutes of the pay-per-view as well, you know, so fine. But this shows a couple of months before the big fall for WCW, latest war for the first time, and the cracks are showing. Luger Savage was arbitrarily made the main event, even though the advertising was focused on Flair Hart. The show and all other 1998 shows were dubbed WCW NWO, thus diluting this product. The show did a monster buy rate for January 1.0 and featured all clean finishes, save one, thus threatening the position of everyone not featured on the show, namely Hoagie, who didn't know how to deal with that sort of booking. As a result, WCW thought they needed to refocus on the NWO, but the writing was on the wall. And no matter how much the fan base wanted something other than the NWO, in this case Bret Hart and later Goldberg, it was, <clears throat> it was just more and more of the same until finally it no longer sold. And by then... It was too late. But like the WF, we have a few questions before we start. Could Goldberg and WCW continue their winning streaks? Would Sting versus Hogan 2 have a clean finish? Would the NWO implode? We've seen trouble between them recent times. How long would Chris Jericho be cruiserweight champ? Well, we start watching WCW Monday Nitro. It's Nitro episode 124, January 26th. And it's three hours. From now on, Nitro has become a three-hour show. Let's not... Forget, WCW also had a two-hour show, Thunder, airing Thursdays. Is this much, too much content to produce, Dan? You know, especially at this time. Five hours of good stuff. Uh, well, you know, it's hard to fill five hours with good stuff. I mean, it'd probably be easier to condense it to two hour-and-a-half shows and have good quality wrestling as opposed to, you know, 90 minutes of talking each show and... You know, half that time wrestling. Yeah, without a doubt. So Tony, Larry and Bobby excited because February 22nd, it's Sting versus Hogan for the vacant where Tony has no update on the Giant. Well, the first match is El Dandy versus Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, we see Ravenstock in the crowd and they have paid for their tickets here tonight. Well, picture a generic 70s Mexican wrestler and that's El Dandy. Yeah, you've got the picture in your head? Yep. There we go. That is him as well. Long, long, I'm long hair. Google a picture of him as well. <laughs> He's got long curly hair and a mustache. 
Well, Ultimo wins with a Dragon Sleeper. We get a Luger interview. He's not happy with the NWO and with the Giants injury, but has no update. We are told Luger versus Hall is our main event. Yeah, we see Mean Gene and the Nitro Girls. Mm. And the next match is Brad Armstrong versus Goldberg. Yeah, so we, we're trying to watch every Goldberg match we possibly can on this podcast. And up next, it is, uh, like we say, Brad Armstrong. Coincidentally, I think I'll talk about this in a bit. Coincidentally, he is Road Dog's brother. Of course, Brian James of the WWF. So we'll see how uh, he gets along in this match. And of course, Goldberg's entrance this time. He only debuted, fucking hell, is that the end of it already? <laughs> he only debuted fucking that's quick he only debuted you know a few months ago and Goldberg's uh, impact at this point we see Armstrong coming out of here and of course the flock doing I mean what the flock are they doing out here you know they want to flock off do you know how many flock jokes I've got in these fuck I've watched five episodes of this the flocks are mentioned every flocking week you know it's unbelievable it's 12 and a half hours of Nitro here but here comes the man Bill Goldberg looking as intense as always You've not seen him on the Flash, have you? No. I think 20 years' time, I won't see him on the fucking Flash. be like this. Goldberg coming out. He's intense. He's got fireworks, but he's not walking through him just yet. Slapping himself in the face. But you can see the level of excitement from the fans. I mean, like I said, we've seen how dandy in action, but now it's time for Bill Goldberg. Wow, that was... uh... Brad Armstrong throwing a shirt up in uh, Goldberg's face. Trying to get in. Goldberg, but (laughs) Goldberg... He's got his twitch on his face as he kicks uh, Armstrong in the midsection. Irish whips him and just lifts him above his head with relative ease and drops him down with a power slam. That's starting to drop. That shows you've got power. I love that gorilla press into that slam there. Goldberg all over. Brad Armstrong in this one. Brad Armstrong looks to be uh, trying to escape Goldberg, but Bill's not going to let that happen. As he throws him, not gently, back into the ring. But Armstrong, he's kind of recovered by then and he's hitting Goldberg as he's making his way back into the ring. He's getting some offence in. I mean, you've got to be impressed with uh, Brad Armstrong. Well, I wouldn't want to be in Brad Armstrong's shoes right now as Goldberg just picks him up and throws him. And I've got a feeling Goldberg is enjoying himself here. As he delivers a couple of big thunderous knees to the midsection of Armstrong. Irish whips him brutally into the opposite corner, but Armstrong moves out of the way. He's shown a bit Goldberg of puts the brakes on, though, before he hits oh. the turnbuckle and just runs right through Brad as he spears him. Oh, he was dancing and happy, but then... Jacks him up. Hammers him down. One, two, three. An easy victory for Big Bill Goldberg. Well, very impressive there. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? It's just Goldberg being as intensive as ever, looking powerful and uh, looking very scary as well. <laughs> yeah, Goldberg at his best here. Well, we get a DDP interview afterwards. He's serious and not happy. Nash dropped Giant on his head, but he had no update. Well, Mike Tanay shows the Giant being dropped on his head about 10 times, but also has no update. JJ Jillian comes out. His statement is a jackknife is banned, not just for Nash, but in wrestling. He has no update on the Giant. What? All that for nothing. So we've had a talk for an hour. We've had a talk half hour, but no update just yet. Well, the first NWO music of the night, unfortunately, it was Conan. And even worse, he brought Vincent. And he's going against... Great match. Well, why does WCW employ these guys? Dan, it does get worse. 
Well, Conan wins with the half Boston Crab. Mm-hmm. Well, we see another replay, and this is a super duper slow mo giant getting dropped in his head. But guess what, Dan? Still no one has still, an update. Still no, still fucking update. Uh, mean Gene and Nitro Girl show up for a Nitro party. Luckily, Don't tell me. Yeah. They have no update. No, 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 no. Luckily, people are expecting them, you know. That's all right. They bring out Mongo, twat. This has to be heard, Dan, to believe. I'm just going to turn it up quickly. This is what he actually said. This is what he said. It's, it, I couldn't believe this. <laughs> right? So he's just said... So, so, so now he talks about NFL. Mongo says he wants to get knee-deep in boys. Davey Boy Smith then comes out and then listen to what Davey says. Got any crack, boy? <laughs> so, so, so Mongo wants to get knee-deep in some boys and Davey Boy Smith wants a big bone to chew on. And Mongo might have that bone he chews on. Uh, challenge made for match tonight. Yay! <laughs> you got a crackhead against a fucking idiot. The next match, Dan? Well, the next match... <laughs> It is Buff Stuffwell versus Rick Stein. I do apologise for some of these notes, but at this point, I don't care. But <laughs> Buff brings him with uh, Buff brings with him Vincent. He's got something to do, I suppose. It is the longest match so far, so thirty-eight minutes. <laughs> Why don't you come and give me that bone to chew? Yeah. <laughs> I want to be knee deep in boys. That's what I want to be. So here we go. This is Buff Stuffwell. Teaming up with, um, of course, as I've said, no one. He's going to get Rick Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Steiner there. Huge suplex on Stuffwell across the ring. It's funny how Vincent and uh, Ted DiBiase there are standing over the ring from each other when Vincent was buff, uh, was Vincent was uh, and slave. You want them to kind of be together in a weird way, don't you? <laughs> you it do. seems wrestling should align for them to be. Actually, we should be on the same side here. Well, Scott Steiner's out. He just sent Vincent into the barricade. Steiner line in the ring by Rick. Throwing Virgil into the ring post. Sorry, Vincent. Yeah, here comes Rick Steiner off the top. Top right bulldog. Oh, well, he dropped an elbow to the back of the head. And Scott Steiner just going to press Vincent in, stopping the, the fall. Referee has disqualified Rick Steiner now. And Scott's not happy. Pushes the referee down. Well, Scott Steiner definitely has some anger issues. Ted DiBiase trying to calm him down. And that's a five grand fine right there for pushing the referee. Rick right. Steiner's like, what's going on? Well, I, I, I don't know why. Um, but Scott Steiner's acting out at the moment. But we move on, then it is our second hour. And we start off with Nash and Bischoff. And let's see what they say after the horrible incident of 24 hours ago, dropping, uh, dropping the giant on his head. Let's see how they respond. Will they respond like... Um, like gentlemen to this or you know big fireworks though second hour yay fireworks <laughs> here they come Nash and Bischoff they've been singled out and targeted the poor fuckers you know Bischoff and Nash this evil media still happening now isn't it fake news well will they ever catch a break no, the poor fellas let's see what Nash says about this oh so he done it on purpose. Fucking hell, Nash. I ble- believed you after all that. <laughs> and that, my friends. He's got, that is heinous, Dan. Heinous and disgusting by Kevin Nash and Eric Bischoff there. And, and Nash smirking at this moment in time. Well, he's not smoking his cigarette, James. He's just drinking his coffee and he's got a big grin on his face. Well, up next, we've got Jim Neinhart versus Wayne Bloom. I fell asleep and missed nothing. Dan? <laughs> 
Um, well, an advert for the first WCW online pay per view for nine seventy five uh, for seven ninety five. Ahead of its time, and who knows, this could have been the WCW Network review. Yeah, this literally could have been. Who knows, if they had been successful online and they started their WCW Network, who knows what could have happened. Tanae gets faults with the Big Boss Man, or, or Ray Trailer. Um, unfortunately for me, I couldn't understand shit. So Dan, you try with this and see what, if you can understand the Big Man. I, I had no idea what Ray Trailer just said. I know said that there. the guy's in the back and they're going to get on my moonshine and I, they're going to get a hillbilly. I've got a feeling that he might have said something bad about Kevin Nash, but not 100% sure. Uh, next match, we've got Psychosis versus Chavo. Yes, Tony called Chavo, Eddie's brother. Uh, <laughs> twat. Uh, not a bad match, though. Well, a guillotine leg drop for Psychosis on Chavo gets the victory for him. And then we see Louis Spicoli with Scott Hall. Well, Larry Zabisco is not happy. Louis cost Z the match versus Hall. Yep. Scott takes the survey and unfortunately NWO loses here tonight. Well, he talks about Dusty Rhodes joining the NWO. And he also says lots of people want to be in the NWO. If Louis wants in, he needs to show if he can make the grade versus Juventud Guerrera. So this is what we're going to find out now, if Louis can be a part of uh, the NWO. Big Louis Ciccoli <laughs> going against Juventud, the juice. The juice. Ciccoli saying, look, Juventud, you're too short, just go. The UV fighting back, a lovely spinning heel kick there, takes down Spicoli. Louis in a bit of trouble. Oh, but he gets deposited to the outside of the ring apron, but Juventud comes back with a shot to the midsection and then jumps off the top rope and just takes out Louis, nips up to his feet. Oh, but Sakoli there with a kick to the midsection, taking Juventud Guerrero down. Suplex and then dropping the knee to the chest of Juve. Uh-oh, and arrived during the match, and oh, look who it is! Oh, yeah, it's Macho Man. Well, we're told the NWO came in separate limos and Miss Liv was with Hogan. I guess Macho wasn't with him at all, but at the moment, he's had a bit of trouble. Well, he certainly didn't hit any trees. No, but he's losing to the trunk at the moment. Can't get my trunk open. Oh, yeah, now it's open. Got my boot of my car. Got my bag. And he's screaming he's coming on, coming out. So Savage has arrived at the arena, but... We have still got a match going on in the ring. <laughs> there we go. There's a match. Oh, and Juventud there. Lovely drop kick taking down Spicoli to the outside. Kidman is the real luchador. Riggs rules. That's a flop with those signs. Uh-oh. The macho's got his bags. He's come straight out here. <laughs> As he takes out the juice. Seated pile driver for the juice. Puts him out. And the macho, I don't think Macho Man's finished, leaps to the outside, grabs the microphone and uh, threatens Dave Penzer. And he wants Lex Luger. Spicoli <laughs> thinks this match is still going on. Uh, macho Man has come out, he wants Lex Luger, and he says those three stooges last night didn't help. Well, Macho, well, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, Spicoli trying to get hold of Macho after he said he wants Luger now. And he gets hit and thrown to the outside. Oh, no, there's Liz. Come running out here. She's been out here for a while. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Right, okay, the rest of the NWO, and I mean the entire NWO coming out here. But we should say, 
Lex Luger defeated Randy Savage with the torture rack at sold out after Lodan. Well, after Savage collided with the WCW Tag Team Champion Scott Hall on the ring apron. Late in the bout, Hall, armed with a steel chair, and Hulk Hogan appeared from ringside, with Hogan trying to stop Hall from interfering on behalf of Savage. After the contest, Hogan, Hall, Buff Bagwell, Vincent, Kevin Nash, Scott Norton, and Conan ganged up on Luger until Sting came out to make the save. Moments later, Luger put Nash in the torture rack, while Sting put Hogan in the Scorpion Deathlock to end the broadcast. And Scott Hall is annoyed because he won the World War 360 Man Tournament for a chance of Super Bowl for the WCW title. But like Piper said, with no champion, it had to be Hogan, Sting and Hall would maybe have a match at a later date. But you can see why Macho now is getting, a, getting annoyed with the NWO because they basically cost him that match last night getting involved, didn't they? Yeah, you know? definitely. So now Liz out here. She don't know what side she's on. And the main players for the NWO, Bischoff, Hogan, Hall, Nash. I can see Norton and Conan behind. Who would have believed Macho and Hogan would have had problems, you know? Oh, I couldn't have ever no. thought of it. Mm-hmm. It's like us, isn't it? We might have a difference of opinion, but we all love each other. But I like to think it's like, not like the NWO with the three. We're like, um, you know, like, Legion of Doom with Heidenreich. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, Crush with Demolition. Well, I think we're more like the Rockers and you're the Marty Jannetty, personally. But... Yeah, Miz and you're the Taraj. <laughs> <laughs> no, now, Macho's got the chair after all that. He's not going to listen to Bischoff anymore. Is he going to beat him up? I'm going to do what I like when I like. I'm a little bit confused. So Macho says he doesn't want to be a part of the NWO. Hogan saying, we're a family. We sort our own problems out. But then he says to Macho, actually, you're on your own now. And Macho says, that's exactly what I wanted anyway. So yeah. why doesn't Hogan just throw Macho out of the NWO? You know, why doesn't I don't know. Maybe he likes Miss Elizabeth hanging around. Or maybe Hogan thinks Macho is a very dangerous man and him being part of the NWO and Hogan can control him is a lot better than an uncontrollable Macho going against the NWO. We don't know. We'll find out. Well, after that, Mean Gene getting shit-faced at Nitro Party. And then we head into the next match. Yeah. Raven versus Mortis or Canyon. Jim Mitchell with Mortis. It's not a bad match. I've always rated Canyon. Raven wins after dodging a chair and hitting an even flow DDT. Next match, Ralph versus DDP, US title on the line. Ralph managed by Jim Mitchell. Why did he walk back up the aisle and then right back down again? It's a wasted journey, Dan. That's all I'm saying. If I had a guy who was resting next, I wouldn't need to walk down with him. I'd be waiting for him by the ring, you know? Well, Heenan wants an update on Giant, but guess what, James? There is no fucking update. Well, fans really into DDP. Diamond Cutter. As Paige leaves, the sign reads, Flair, isn't it time you retire? Well, little did that fan know... But not only would Flair out-wrestle WCW, but do it for another 10-plus years. Well, after the match, Mortis, who came down to check on his buddy, took him out. I guess that's why we call him Ralph, you see? So, fireworks, and we've got Bret Hart up next. Well, he's in ring with 10A, and Bret says it was a tough match with Flair, but thanks him. And to be the man, you have to beat the man, but you're still the man. So he's saying to Flair, like, I know you say to be the man, but you always be the man to me, damn it. And Brett then is quite cool because then he says, Brett, uh, Brett's 
But moving on to <laughs> Brett says he's moving on from Flair. Piper's cool, man, but he wants to be WWE champ. He, that's what, actually what he says. He's like, what Piper does is quite cool. Uh, he says he wants to be WWE champion. He doesn't care who it is. Sooner or later, he will become the greatest WWE champion of all time. Well, after that, we've got Mean Gene doing shots off Nitro Girls and flashing the crowd. Yes, you did hear that right, James. Next match, Booker T versus San TV title match. All night, Tony Larry Bobby says new sanctions in place, stopping interference. So guess what happened, Dan? It wasn't an interference, surely. <laughs> no, don't call me Shirley. Raven's lot got involved. Match is, dis- is a DQ. Well, Rick Martell arrives and he cleans house. Yeah, fair play to Rick. And then we get Bulldog's WCW debut. It's a match we've been looking forward to all night long. And we're going to get it right now. Bulldog versus Mongo. It's a dream match, really, Dan, if you think about it, these two men. All right, so before that, we get Chris Jericho coming out. And he's with the new, uh, Mike Tanay with the new WCW Cruiserweight champion. Jericho you know music playing. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of that, Dan? What are your thoughts on what Jericho have to say? Oh, I love Jericho. I think he's great. That is all. What did he What did he say in that one, Linda? Um, well, you know, he was basically ignored the questions that was put to him and just said, look, you know, I'd like to dedicate this to Rey Mysterio. No, actually, I'd like to dedicate it to myself. Secondly, to the fans. And thirdly, to Rey Mysterio. I hope he gets a speedy recovery. I don't think he meant what he was saying, but, but you know, the sentiment was there. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I think that he got a little bit teary and, you know, started messing up his words a little bit. I think he was genuine coming out there, uh, Ray Mysterio. But, I mean, it's just great to see that kind of, uh, that talent of Jericho, that kind of young cockiness, and the little building blocks of his character start bringing it. He called them Jericho disciples in that interview there, so obviously we're a step away from, of course, the Jericho-holics. And he, even he said never ever, but it was just a quick one, that's evolving as well. And this is the, what the Chris Jericho character is doing it. Like I said, three-time Cruiserweight champion now. Uh, we're going to see how Jericho becomes, well, basically who he is now, the list of Jericho and if like this. And it all started with this kind of attitude back in 1998. I, like you said, Dan, I really love Chris Jericho. And to see him moving up, you know, the kind of character development, so you don't really see a lot of today. Nah. And it's weird to think he's in the same year as like The Rock truly became a breakout star as well. You know, the similarities between the two. And the bulldog out there shaking everyone's hand on the entranceway. I think he's just happy to be there. Well, I say, yeah, bulldog, stop shaking hands because you're taking too long, mate. All right. We've got 20 minutes left of the show and you're going down there slapping everybody in sight. Mongo is a shit wrestler. Isn't this awful, Dan? It gets... Well, just watch it. Just, I'm going I'm to let you enjoy this match and just see how god-awful it is. Your dream match would be Mongo versus Mojo. It would be. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the British Bulldog. The Mongojo. I love, that's what it should be for tag team. Bulldog. But, my God, Mongo is an awful wrestler. <clears throat> I mean, we saw the Bret Hart Bulldog classic match. And Bulldog was on crack during that match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he managed to pull out a decent half-hour match. And then he gets reduced to this on his WCW debut. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? The, the Bret Hart came across and he didn't really get treated right. Jim Ninehart's there, so is British Bulldog now. And yet, they're giving us Bulldog versus Mongo. It's just, I don't like it. I, I've, I've never been a fan. Well, do, you, do you think it worked both, you know, with both ways? I mean, you know, certain big talents go to WCW... And they get fucking 
made to look like idiots. And when certain big talents came from WCW to WWE or WWF, they got made to look like idiots. I think there's a problem there, exactly, yeah, with the politics. And I think the people on top not liking these people. I mean, how many chances of having the WWF during this time? You know, the amount of title matches. Well, he came back in 2002, didn't he? Uh, in in late 99, yeah. Oh, late 99, yeah. He had a back problem. We we're going to see it in 98. And he came back in 99 where he was wearing those jeans, wasn't he? And yeah, he was. I think he was at the Rumble 2000. And then, you know, I think he died in 2002. Yeah. Uh, but with a bulldog, you know, I, I think there's only so many things you can do with him in the WRF. So obviously he's going to come across. At least he's got a chance WSW to make some money as well. Now he's got Michael. He's picking up Mongo. Look at the strength of bulldog. Nope, that's uh, gone. No, distrib- oh, second attempt. Yep, distribute your weight. Go. There you go. Got the cover. One, two. Oh no, Mongo managing to kick out. Out. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I can see you're not invested in this match, James. This is I'm just showing you how awful it is, Dan. If I went through it, you're fucking watching it as well, right? Irish whip to Mongo. Oh, look at that back elbow. Oh, my God, look at the impact. Knocking him all the way down. Choking him. Call it- dare you to call it like a proper wrestling match here. Referee <sighs> checking. I think Stephen Michael's choking Bulldog. Well, he's putting his foot across the throat of Bulldog. All his weight there. <clears throat> onto the cra- uh, the crackhead's throat. You say crackhead, at least he's not a shit wrestler like Mongo. Or Mojo. Indeed, uh, or Orton. You know, these guys are me. all the same. Oh, look, you missed it. No, go back. I'm reminding it, Dan. I'm Sorry, mate. You're not if you're on your phone, phones are banned on the podcast. You said that earlier. Was a put, shit your, match. put your phone away, and I want you to fully concentrate on this Steve McMichael versus Bulldog Classic, please. Oh, no, 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 no. getting stupider and no. stupider. Here we go now. Look, look what Bulldog attempts in a minute. Irish whip attempt. Yeah, it's fine, isn't it? He ducks out the way. Oh, <laughs> attempts to lift Mongo up, but can't. He needs to get back on the juice. And not quite a running power slam. It's more a walking power slam. But it gets the pin. <laughs> it's like, it's, that's how I throw sacks of potatoes on the floor. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. My God, Dan, what did you think of Steve McMichael first? Do you want to watch it again? Rewind it. That is probably one of the worst matches I've seen ever. And that's what happens when a, an out-of-shape Judd addict like British Bulldog goes against a complete shit, uh, as well, in Mojo. Matches in a, I'm giving that a minus five. <laughs> right. Well, Dan, this is horrible, and I love the Bulldog. But up next, it's going to get even worse, because we I told you that the roster was great. We've got Nash versus Ray Trailer. A.K.A. Big Boss Man. Well, let's see if Nash would drop someone else on their head. Believe it or not, Ray Trailer was actually a member of the NWO. So there we go. Ray Trailer versus Kevin Nash. And Nash still got the coffee in his hand. He's going to get his big man. Of course, Ray Trailer earlier wasn't happy, I think. Oh, Nash wants to shake his hand. Oh, real gentleman thing to do. Oh! And he throws coffee in the face of Ray Trailer. Gives him a low blow. The referee was looking, but doesn't call it, even though the bell has been rung for the match. And Nash saying, what, me? He's got Ray. How to do this, you're banned from hitting a jackknife. He hits it successfully, though. All that, and Nash ignores everything. And look at him down smirking right now. He hasn't got a cigarette in his gob, James. He's just got a grin on his face. Well, this is disgusting. (coughs) Well, Hall's out for the main event. He talks shit to Larry Z. And uh, Larry Z was then told to leave. And this is Scott Hall versus Lex Luger. Yeah. 
So Lex Luger's out here and he looks roidy. Uh, he looks ready for tonight. Coming out here. <laughs> see what I did there. Coming out here to face Scott Hall. It's going to be a really long match because look. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> oh, Scott Hall already on the attack. Well, Luger certainly took his time to get to the ring, but Hall sprung an attack on him. Hall's got his wolf pack trunks on. Oh, weird. Before he even joined the wolf pack. And now he's getting the chops, the slaps, the punches from Luger. And Lex Luger is kicking him in the abdomen. Well, Luger wants to fight for WCW and Scott Hall wants to turn that clothesline around. And Scott Hall, he's come straight off the bell and he's uh, working over Lex. He's gone down in trouble, hasn't he? He has. He has indeed. Picks him up and then big right hand drops him back to the mat. Did a macho man want Lex Luger? He did. Maybe he'll be out there. Mm. Oh, yeah. Ooh, maybe. All right, look at Luger now. Got whole. He's recovered. Sorry. Lex Luger has recovered after being beaten down by Scott Hall for a couple of minutes. Back Scott Hall up in the corner. Big punches, but Scott Hall pushing Luger off. But Luger straight back onto it. Hall pushing him off again, but for a third time, Luger's back up on him. And it just shows the tenacity of the total package. Lex Luger wants to fight the NWO. He's been a constant here. Against him, the Scottles in serious trouble. And Lex is starting to flex. I have not seen a man flex as much as Lex Luger. He's maybe going to look to torture rack him all. No, poke to the eye. Well, he reversed the Irish whip and Lex Luger hit the power slam of Scott Hall. And now he's flexing again, looking for the torture rack. Oh, he gets Scott Hall up on his shoulders. But Savage out. He's got a chair in his hand. Well, he wanted a part of Lex Luger earlier. Now he's going to get him some. <laughs> the referee. <laughs> oh, he nearly got away with he that. He did, referee. If it wasn't for that bottom rope. <laughs> referee took the chair so Macho couldn't hurt Luger and Macho. Pulled to the outside. And now picking Luger up. Slams him onto the mat. He goes up top looking to drop his big elbow. Oh, Macho. Oh, look at the woman in the red jumper. So excited about Macho. And Macho going up for the second time. No, not a second now, but you're going to kill Lex Luger. Oh! And down comes Owen Hurt, Sting. Sting has arrived in the arena, coming down on the <laughs> cable. Kicks Macho off the top rope, who falls to the canvas. That the, was good. The crowd go mental. Sting is here. That was good, wasn't it? I know. Yeah. Kicks Macho on his way down. A couple of Stinger splashes in the corner. Oh, my God. Now he's got Macho. Scorpion Deathlock for Macho Man. But look at Hall and Hogan at ringside just walking by. They're going to help out Macho. And they're not doing it at all. They're actually taunting Macho Man as Sting's got him there. Oh, and as the rubbish flies into the ring, I guess the NWO are going to leave him to it and Sting. Well, Lex Luger's down and so is Macho and he's staring a hole right through Hogan. We know February 22nd at WCW Super Bowl it will be Sting versus Hogan for the WCW heavyweight title. Which way is it going to go? And what a way to end Nitro here. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on the episode? Oh, no, wait a minute. Hogan trying to get in the ring. Sting stopping him. <coughs> and that is it. Yeah, Dan, sorry. What are your thoughts on Monday Nitro? I thought there was absolutely far too much going on. And most of it didn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, it's three hours long, isn't it? I mean, it made a little bit of sense because... Obviously, we're after sold out. And after what happened there with the giant thing, they, they tried to follow that up, didn't they, a little bit. Of course, Kevin Nash saying that he doesn't really care. Jackknifing <laughs> Ray Traylor and being like, I don't care what you say about that. 
Macho, that continued stuff with the NWO. The NWO's got problems, and we've seen there, Macho obviously wants to be his own man. Sting, the fawn in the NWO side. Uh, and I think that match-up, you know, we're leading to, aren't we? Starcade has such a big build-up, and now we've got Sting versus Hogan again. But, yeah, like, apart from that, I mean, just the the, the non-talent that was on there, people like Wayne Bloom and El Dandy, you know, in matches. It was just for me. Well, the non-talent, like Mongo. Yeah, Mongo, Bulldog match, which was just awful. And we did have a couple of good matches, don't get me wrong. Like, the Psychosis Chavo match was all right, and the Raven, uh, the Raven match was okay. Saturn's... All right, I suppose. But it's the little things. The Goldberg match against Brad Armstrong. Chris Jericho there in action. Uh, but that's you say. You can see the problem with WWE programming already, can't you? You've got a little bit of that. And then you've got your, your kind of five, ten minute pro, promo with uh, Hogan or Bischoff or, or yeah. um, Kevin Nash, you know. Right, so we move on. Next episode is episode 125, February 2nd. And we get a recap of what happened last week on Nitro. They say there's 25,000 people in the crowd here in San Antonio. It's Nitro's Texas debut. The Nitro girls are back in the ring. Yes, and Tony, Shivani, Mike Tanay. Nitro girls back in the ring. Tony S, Mike T and Larry Z. Yeah, the first match, Psychosis. Ole. (laughs) And the first match is Psychosis versus Juventud Guerrera. Flock about again. And there's fines and warnings for any interference. We find out Mysterious and ACL. We found that out last week. Uh, well, yeah, Jericho told us, but they, the commentators explain more that Mysterio has a tall meniscus and ACL. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. This is classic cruiserweights. It's a great way to start the show. WWE should take note. Hoovy wins with a 450, and then we get an advert for Super Bowl. Good for WCW. It is good. It's, it's, it's a good promo for WCW, that is, Super Bowl, because it explains this thing versus Hogan. It's the history of Sting versus Hogan, you know. Then we're told countless times it's Sting versus Macho Man in tonight's main event. Nitro Girls. Well, the commentators say Benoit is so deserving, you know. That title shot for him versus DDP on Thunder. Why can't the network have Thunder? Dan, I do not know. We get the DDP Benoit segment and then DDP is in the building and then we get a Mean Gene interview with, of course, Dallas Page. Well, he says Benoit is so underrated. He says Benoit is so underrated. Respect and his work ethic. Everyone loves Benoit. Yeah, we get a giant video. And can you guess how it ends? With him being dropped on his head? Indeed. We then get an update. Yay! Finally! Finally! He's got a mild concussion and bruised vertebrae. Well, the commentators talk about the injury and Nash last week not caring. Well, they say the fines have tripled now to $150,000. And up next, we get Ultimo Dragon versus Willie Skidman. Uh, don't forget Flock at ringside. Or Dragon Sleeper, but Saturn behind ref back. He stops it. Another competitive cruiserweight match. And then a Frankensteiner off the top rope by Ultimo. Then Dragon Sleeper for the victory. Yeah, Saturn again attacks from behind, leaves him lying there. And now Nash has arrived in the arena. So, yeah, after he used Bomb Raider, he got handcuffed and sent away. And he was put in jail and he missed Thunder. And he's back here on Nitro. But, I mean, dude, you're meant to be a heel. I mean, Kevin Nash at the moment just sounds like a badass, doesn't he, Dan, you know? Yeah. And, of course, Nash is wearing his uh, top as a shout-out to Six. Yeah. Like I said, 
dude, you're meant to be a hill here, and you're saying he doesn't care, he'll do what he wants, when he wants. That's the whole point of being a hill. And too sweet. Yeah, but he's meant to be getting booed here, you know? What was... I understand the point of Kevin Nash at the moment. He just dropped the giant on his head, and now he's bragging about it. He's walking around like he's badass, and who could disagree, you know? He's going against authority, and he's dropping big guys on their fucking head as well, you know? So... I don't know, I don't know. We talk about problems with the NWO, but up next we have got... Well, we're into the second hour, and of course we get the second hour fireworks, because fireworks are Of course. Good. But there you go, second hour fireworks. Look how bright they are. And it is Super Calo going to go against Chris Jericho, your cruiserweight champion. Mine? Your cruiserweight, our cruiserweight champion. Everyone's cruiserweight Everyone's champion. Everyone's cruiserweight champion. And Super Calo is, of course, without Fragilistic, Expiala and Docious. Were they ever four, uh, four-man tag team titles in Mexico, of course. Lucha Libre, four-team uh, match. And uh, they're great ta- they are a great tag team, you know. Uh, I think Super Calo, though, is the kind of star in, in, in himself. But like you said, uh, Fragilistic and Expiala and Docious, we're all hoping that those men come into WCW one day. So Joe coming out here with the Rey Mysterio t-shirt. No, sorry, Rey Mysterio Jr. He's coming out here with a Rey Mysterio... Chris Jericho's coming out here with a Rey Mysterio Jr. t-shirt in tribute, cruiserweight title, and he just seems so happy. Done. Hey! <laughs> and we've built up to the Jericho-holics. <laughs> there we go, Chris Jericho, with two catchphrases that would continue to this very day, starting 20 years ago with that. And it's just like an, just a promo out of nowhere. They probably gave him the mic, didn't they? And said, say a couple of things. And he went out there and did it. And do you think that's what's missing for today, Dan? We talk about that, you know, to be able to go out there and just say, what's on your mind? That's that's where we got the Austin 316 promo from. That's where we got, you know, the Chris Jericho stuff. Even with The Rock and what he was yeah. allowed to say. Yeah, you know, again, they're limited to what they got to say. And most people now, they can't say a lick. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, but the worst thing about it, I find, is, you know, like, the kind of back and forth. Yeah, and it's a promo of, like, then they say something to end the promo, and then the other guy says something. You know, And then it's like, well, hang on a minute. This is when they're trying to be, like, off script. And it's like, yeah, yeah well, come Sunday, I'm going to beat you. And you go, yeah, I bet you don't. And then he has to finish it. Yeah, well, Sunday, I will beat you. It's like, well, that, you don't repeat yourself. Change it then, you know? Even if you've got yeah. set lines, you can always go into something else. It should be more bullet points than it should anything else. But here we go. Super Calo in action. We did have a great WWE pay-per-view match with Rey Mysterio. Uh, so that's not even though... I mean... So going on to masks, what do you think of Super Calo's mask? I don't think he's tried that much with this outfit, to be fair. You know, I was going to just try to explain what he is indeed wearing. Uh, so he's got trousers on, but one leg is, what, either folded or cut. Not his actual leg. No, one trouser leg is yeah. cut to just below the knee, and the other one is a full length. Yep. And the same with sleeves. On his left arm, he's got a full sleeve. On his right arm, he has none. And he's wearing, like, it looks like uh, sellotape, maybe, wrapped around his face with then sunglasses put on top. With a, uh, a Samuel L. Jackson-type hat backwards. Yeah, I think that would be fair to say. Um, we're not making this up. You can go and look at a picture of Super Calo. Uh I mean, very interesting look, isn't it? You know, Chris Jericho just hung Super Calo up on the top rope. And look at the strength of Jericho. Something Bulldog couldn't do last week. A Jer- delayed vertical <laughs> suplex, yeah. Jericho picks him up with ease. What's up with Jericho's right shoulder? It looks like he's got something darked out on it, I think. 
Has he got roller skaters uh, he elbow looks like pads a tattoo on? Or something. He hasn't got any tattoos out, has he? No. Hey, well, he's saying skater boy. He looks like he's got roller skating elbow pads on as well, Super Calo. Yeah, look, look, he's gone out and bought his own outfit, hasn't he? This is obviously I what's happened. I think he's made his own outfit. Yeah. Jerko brings, well, takes down Super Calo. Now, I think commentators in that way should agree with each other. If he's saying, if one of them saying, he should say, yeah, I agree. Rather than going, no, I don't know. He well, does the referee has got a massive forehead. <laughs> he looks like a Down syndrome, can uh, I say that? I don't agree with you. No, yeah, I agree with you. I think he should be fighting in the MMA match. The Sherinator referee. Down syndrome forever. DSFE. For life. For life. Down syndrome is for life. The DWO. <laughs> <laughs> or the DSO. Down yeah, syndrome order. Fucking never got anything done. <laughs> what do you want to do? I'm eat? coming out here <laughs> and I'm going to challenge you to a potato. I want to eat ice cream. I just made fudgy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Chris Jericho with a suplex to Super Calais. Where is the Lionheart going? Oh, oh he's getting drop kicked out of the ring after he's perched up on the top. Well, I thought he, he well, I thought he nearly hit his head on that barricade as he came down. And here comes Oh well kicking Jericho and then heloing over the top, but I think he missed most of it and hit the mat. Well, Jericho there knowing his surroundings. Can he take advantage of it now? Super Calo, his injuries lower back around Jericho. That is just asking for trouble with the uh, line tamer. Jericho's grimacing now. Okay. Now Jericho on the apron. Super Calo might bring him in the hard way. Oh, he looks set up to. Oh, and that looked difficult for Super Calo, but he managed to get him in. Now Super Calo, that's nice. Second rope, springboard up to the top. Drop kick to Jericho. Might have him. No, be a huge upset for Jericho. Jericho managing to kick out. Uh, you got to ask yourself a question as well. Like I said, how long will Jericho be Cruiserweight Champion? Who's Super Calo if he gets a victory tonight? I mean, Rey Mysterio's injured, isn't he? So the list of challenges in front of him. Super Calo could jump right to the top. And he's going to jump right now with Jericho. Oh! Oh, looking for the Hurricane Rana. But Jericho manages to land on his feet. He gets planted on his back. And he's got the Lion Tamer locked in. Well, the crew's worked out. It's on the line, but Super Keller has to tap out. Jer- and that is the difference between the Lion Tamer and the Walls of Jericho, obviously. I think the Lion Tamer is better than the Walls of Jericho. The Lion Tamer looks more yeah. painful. What did you think of the match? I thought the match was quite good, actually. It was very entertaining. It was a bit short, but, you know, it's, it's probably one of the best matches I've seen over these past couple of uh, Nitros. Well, this is the problem with the matches on Nitro. They are quite short because people... I mean, obviously now worse than ever, you know, short attention span. Uh, but, <laughs> of course, you're flicking over as well and you're just like, oh, well, what's on now? But, yeah, I don't think it was too bad. The next match, it was Steve Regal versus Booker T. And he is a man's man. <laughs> the TV title was on the line. Booker won easy. Well, even Tony says he didn't need to hit his finisher. Well, Larry um, Z's gone. Heenan's taken his place. Yes, they talk about Bret Hart. And they mentioned Sting versus Macho for the 50th time. Humoning with Vincent. Conan Co- won, and I don't... I know you're a fan of him. Conan won, and I don't care, Dan. I do. I don't. Well, it's Scott Hall versus Jim the Anvil Crackhead at Nightheart. It's the MWA versus the Heart Foundation, Dan. Uh, I don't know why I put that Hall annoyed. But Hall, Hall is still annoyed, of course. He hasn't got his opportunity here. Um, 
Louis distracted Jim. Let's find out. Now, Scott Hall. Who would have thought we'd have seen Heart Foundation versus the NWO? But can I just say, Charles Robinson is officiating and he still looks exactly the same age as he does look nowadays. I think Jim Nineheart and Scott Hall look exactly the same. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, back to the match and Nine Heart working on Scott Hoy. It's incredible to think these two stars and it's just a throwaway match on Nitro and Louis Piccoli trying to distract, like you said, Charles Robinson. Nine Heart is going to put him away with the thumb to the neck. Oh, the dreaded neck thumb. Uh, to be fair, I think Jim's got sank on his thumb there, making it even worse, stabbing into Scott Hall. Is that Dusty Rhodes, baby? Yeah, NWO's own Dusty Rhodes. Can't help Scott Hall here. Hall can't go anywhere. He's going out fast. And Dusty Rhodes now up in the apron saying, come on, baby, tag me in. And uh, it's Dusty. But I think he is distracted Jim. Trying to dance out the way. Or Jim trying to grab him. But Jim Neidhart is distracted by the bounds of the ring. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, my God. God, he's up for the outside, his edge. Oh! <laughs> Takes a terrible landing. And Scott Hall gets licked. My word. And now Lewis Piccoli there with the elbows of Jimmy Anvil Nineheart. Picking up the scraps. Well, this is just disgusting after uh, like I said, Scott Hall gets a victory. And wait a minute. Bulldog's out here. Oh, my days. He's teaming up with the old Heart Foundation. Oh! High back body drop for Spicoli, and he eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Spicoli hit the anvil on his way yeah, down I there. Yeah, saw that. Well, the Bulldog's out to save his mate, the anvil, so part of the Heart Foundation here. Of course, with Bret Hart being in WCW, then maybe. And they get a huge pop for it. Fair play to him. I mean, these were a huge part last year in the WF, if we're looking at it, aren't we? In 1997. Yeah. These two guys. Well, Mean Gene shows up after being on a week-long bend-out with the Nitro party. I might have been a bit... I might have, that's true. Yeah, it's definitely true. He interviews Lex Luger. You know well, Luger, that? with an awful promo, says Macho Man may be the most dangerous man, but he has a torture rack, and then he flexes. Well, what he was meant to say is that Super Rule, he will face Macho in a no-DQ match. But up next, it is the one and only Mark... Star in action. Just come out here, Dan. Like, oh, I can't remember this guy. Who's this guy coming out here now? Zoidberg. <laughs> Zoidberg. <laughs> he looks a bit like Steve Austin. I mean, anyway, whoever this fella is coming out here, he's in action against the one and only Mark Star. Now, Star's got a huge future here on Monday Night Show. I mean, just look at him there. He's uh, pretty ripped and he's sporting, I would say, a fantastic mullet. That is a mullet, isn't it, Dan? You would agree? Oh, I'll, I'll definitely agree. That is a mullet. <coughs> I dream of a mullet like that. And he that. straight off the mark against uh, Goldfarb. Yeah. Be- beating up this man who's got no chance. Uh, this guy tries to grab hold of Mark Star. And Mark Star, huge takedown. This fella's, this jobber's in huge trouble. Ankle lock. Oh. Ankle lock attempt, but Goldberg's just fighting his way out of it. Oh, it's Goldberg. Oh, right. <laughs> I saw one of the signs in the Go- background. Oh, Gold- Go- Goldberg here. And he's got Mark Star up. Gorilla Press. Oh, slams, slams him, down. him down to the mat. I tell you something, though, Mark Starr, like Goldberg is in serious trouble at the minute once Mark Starr recovers from this. We, Mark's been picked up at the moment, but he's just playing possum. Hello, possums. Here we oh, go. Oh, spears the <laughs> fuck out of him. Now, oh, right. 
Mark Star, um, any minute now, he's going to get up. Pick him up. Hammers him down. One, two, three. Uh, and we're glad to see that Goldberg's not on an hourly rate in his wrestling he's matches. Not, he's not. I mean, we could watch 600 Goldberg matches in an well, hour. Well, James, up next, we've got a match that I know will excite you. And that is Mongo McMichael versus Bulldog. Two. Uh, yes. Uh, but unfortunately, it ends in a double count out. Yeah, no. Yeah, they do. Double count out, and then they both brawl going into the backstage area. Uh, we get fireworks, and it's the third hour. Woo! Yes, and it's Hogan and Bischoff in the ring. Bischoff introduces heavyweight champ Hulk Hogan. He says, Injustice has been served but to the NWA by JJ Dillon and WCW. Hogan says. You know, boss, it's WCW, last stand, like the Alamo, brother. Just because you were there. Well, Hogan says, Nash is the man, the protector, and because Big Sexy took out the giant, he's given him 1.5 million to powerbomb people. But if my maths is correct, that's only 10 powerbombs. Well, anyway, Hogan says 50k, so he must not listen to the commentators earlier, or JJ, or Mean Gene, unless they mean something completely different. Well, fans weren't into Hogan as much as they were Nash and Hall. Yeah, and they brought refs up, and not this shit again. So, again, it's Hogan Bishop. And like I say, the weird thing is, people looked like they were happy to see Nash, weren't they, early with that promo, and with Scott Hall in action. With Hogan, it's like, same old, same old, unfortunately. And obviously, Hogan now has been a star in wrestling. If you look at 1998, he's been involved in the world title picture for the past 15 years straight. And that's even longer than John Cena now. So that is. You, you can see why people are getting a bit, you know, bored of it. Plus, the problem is you don't know what month you're in. You know, we're watching this now, but we've seen this before in 1997 with Bischoff and Hogan. And then he mentioned Macho Man Randy Savage. He said he's going to take him out as well. So the next match is Disco versus Raven. Disco fever. Well, Disco did well, but even Flo DDT for Raven's victory. Next match is Nash and Buff versus the Steiners. And Scotty's been a bit of a glory hog recently, let's not forget. So this one. And is of course, he hogging all the roids? Yeah. And let's not forget tonight, we've mentioned it before, mentioned it again. It's going to be Sting versus Macho Man Randy Savage. 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 Oh, Buff takes down Scotty. Look how happy he is with himself. Look, he's smirking. He hasn't got a cigarette in his gob, James. He's just got a grin on his face. I think Scott Steiner should uh, dye his hair. You reckon? Yeah. You see that on this nitro here, Dan? You might see that coming up. Mm-hmm. Might be coming up a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. Buff Bagwell getting control of the smash. Is he taking down Scott Steiner? Yes, he is. Buff Bagwell is taking down Scott Steiner. He's choking with his boot. Scott Steiner wants to show that he can beat them single-handedly, but that's not great when you're in tag team action. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. And Scott Steiner there, hip-tossing Buff Bagwell. Clothesline. Was that a butterfly or a tiger suplex there by Scott who sends Buff to the canvas? I think it was a butterfly. Butterfly suplex. Flutterby. Flutterby. Do you know they originally called flutterbys, but then they were changed to butterflies because they do flutterby. Yeah, that's a fact for you, Dan. Fact to you. Oh, Steiner was in control until an Irish whip against the ropes. Nash stuck out his hand, hit the back of Steiner, and Buff's just taking him down, and he's choking him out now. 
Well, the NWR is certainly in control over the, uh, the Steiner brothers now. That is correct, Dan. We've seen Kevin Ash come in, being his dominant self. Of course, he is a giant killer at this moment in time, and then tagging Buff. And Buff's just so cocky, isn't he? He's on the back of Scott at the moment, slapping him around. Well, all the NWO members are cocky. They've got each other backing them up. I know. I just want to see the end of the NWO. I know we've had internal problems with Matcha and Hogan, but hopefully tonight WCW can fight back. I mean, it's a tag team in WCW when they've not had any, you know, we've had little problems with Scott recently, sure. But if they can get on the same page, they are the most dominant tag team in wrestling, then they can sure put away Kevin Nash and Buff Bagwell. I mean, why is Scott Hall not teaming up with Kevin Nash? I don't know. Is there yeah. problems between them two? Well, this is what we've seen, isn't it? It's all politics for the NWO. They may be cocky and brash, but we know there's a lot of egos to try and uh, look after. Well, the cracks are starting to show within the NWO. Big boot by Nash on Scott Steiner. And as you know, anybody watching this match knows Scott Steiner has not tagged in Rick yet. Rick has, is fresh as a daisy, as they say. He's not been in there. He Maybe. has, but Scott hasn't really had a chance to tag in Rick, though. But it's great strategy, isn't it, by the NWO here, Buff Bagel and Kevin Nash, beating up Scott and keeping him from his corner, like I say, classic tag team wrestling. And gosh, this was 20 years ago, so back then it was tag team wrestling. Don't mess with Charles Robinson, he's going to outlive all of you in the wrestling ring. Yeah, well, Buff Bagel <laughs> is getting in Steiner's face. It's true, he's still working today, the dirtiest referee in the game. I mean, unfortunately, for the bright side, everybody in the ring now is alive. You know, even that is Deb, true. Even Debbie Ussie at ringside, there is no dead guy, dead man. Yes. There's no Down Syndrome or dead men in here. But only, well, only three of them was at Raw 25 as well, mm-hmm. Nash and Million Dollar. Yeah, but Scott Steiner's had a problem, hasn't he, with uh, WWF and problems since then. And I think as soon as uh, they sort that out, the Steiners will be in the Hall of Fame. Or just wait until he kills himself in some suicide or... Uh, overdose or crashes his car into a tree, then you can put him in the Hall of Fame, can't you? Oh, yeah, that would be great. Don't treat him like a woman. Don't treat him like a man. Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. <laughs> Kevin Nash. I literally didn't mean that. <laughs> Kevin Nash is in. Go for the jackknife from Scott, but Rick stops it. I just shouted Chris Benoit out of nowhere. Chris Benoit Chris out of nowhere. Chris Benoit. <laughs> Only RKO's and Chris Benoit come out of nowhere. <laughs> Oh, my God. Rick wants in. It's Scott's chance now. Well, Buff gets in to stop Scott. Scotty not too hotty in this one, but avoids that from Buff Bagwell. Steiner line. Now it's He's time. definitely got a chance to tag in his brother. Yep. He's right in front of you. Tag He's him, He's looking Scott. at the hand. Talk to the hand. Scott, tag him. No, he turns round into Buff Bagwell. Blind tag him then. Oh, he no. He could have done. Oh, Scott Steiner, Frankensteiner, Frankensteiner. One, One two, two, three. three. <laughs> Kevin Nash's back was turned. Scott Steiner got the victory. He, does, he didn't need Rick. He, d- he actually didn't. No, I mean, quite impressive there by Scott Steiner. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, like an old package. He's got a mammal tie. Before I get your thoughts, Rick is not happy with Scott. He definitely isn't. He looked right at a tag. And look at Nash saying, hit him, go on. Nash egging on Rick Steiner. And Scott's saying, screw you, Ted DiBiase. My word. Well, Steiner's getting the victory, but there is problems there. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, the match wasn't terrible. I mean, you know, it's 
they they brought up valid points about cracks in the NWO, but what about cracks in the Steiner brothers? Well, this is a thing moving forward, haven't they? You know, isn't it that we're going to see? Uh, and moving on after that break, we get Michael Buffer in the ring. He's going to announce his main event, and it is, I think, Sting versus Macho, if I can remember rightly. Is it? I think. Well, if he's not part of the NWO, why has he got the NWO music? Exactly. Why is he dressed in black and white? And why is he coming out with Liz when she's associated with the NWO? And Macho saying to Lex Luger, watch and see what I do to your mate Sting. Where's he going to come from? Where's he going to go? Where's he come from? Cotton Eye Sting. <laughs> Here comes Sting. Ascending from the rafters. By God, we have never seen anything like this in professional wrestling. All inspiring, all the way from the top, not down comfortably at all. He's having a bit of trouble, actually. Well, Sting is here in the crowd. He has arrived. And the crowd going absolute banana. Now he's uh, after dropping, taking about five minutes to drop from the ceiling. He's now got to walk through the crowd, which are mobbing him. They've only got seven minutes left of the show and the entrances have taken up more than half of this time. But isn't it exciting though? We are going to get Sting versus Macho at some point. That's not really Sting, that's just someone with a Sting mask on. They've confused it with a fan in the crowd. I hate the fact they throw rubbish and stuff. Why? Look at that man right in his face. For life! For life! Sting's like, that was a fucking great idea, wasn't it? That looked like it took some effort, didn't it? It looks fucked. <laughs> no, <like> fucking hell. <laughs> Maybe you go, it's like me when I get back from work, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's like, <sighs> make sure I get my coat off, right? Charles is off next. Look at him, he's going crazy, that man. Fucking hell, you need for to calm life. down. That fan needs to calm down before you get hurt. All right, you're a fan of the NWO, you mark. We get it. Here comes Macho. Not giving the Sting chance to take his jacket off. Uh-oh, we're talking about jacket off. Sting. Recovers instantly. Macho Man runs out of the ring. He doesn't want any. He don't want none. He said it earlier, yes. Luger don't want none. I don't think he wants any of this. But here comes Stinger. Oh, and Sting sends Macho into the barricade. Sting slams Macho down. And Sting brings Macho back in the ring. And Macho there, oh, right to Sting's eyes. Sting sends Macho into the stairs. They're back on the outside now. Liz, don't want to get involved. You've got to remember for Sting in 20 days, he's got to face Hulk Hogan, so he doesn't want to be damaged that much. What did Macho Man hit him with? Uh, Liz had it in her hand. I think it was... Coat? Macho's coat. Maybe he had a weapon inside and Sting went for the Stinger Splash. And now he's just thrown against that steel barricade. Well, he's just dropped Sting face first onto barricade. And the kid's poking him. And now Macho trying to get rid of that turnbuckle pad. But oh. look at Liz, distracted referee, though, doing her job. Oh, she's not, because she should be cooking. Macho now to the top. Oh! Double axe handle, smash off the top. And Sting now in serious trouble. Serious trouble. Macho standing, standing, <laughs> Macho sending Sting into the barricade, and then back into the ring. Looks him off. Yeah, that's what he's doing, yeah. <coughs> so plant Sting. He best not be going for a powerbomb. No, he's going for a power driver. Gonna drop Sting on his head. Oh, that draws not look good. <laughs> no, but Sting is right back to his feet. Right behind Macho Man. And Macho is shocked. Sting flexing, hitting Savage with a couple of big stiff shots. <clears throat> oh! Stinger splash. 
Well, Macho is down. Sting throws him to the other side. Oh, Stinger splash attempt. Savage moves out of the way. Sting hits the ring buckle that's been exposed. Maybe that was Macho's plan all along. It's the Macho plan as he goes to the top right now. Don't tell me like this. Elbow drop. No. Lands on Sting. And he's got him now. This is it. Macho go for the cover. One, two. And Hogan has pulled Macho off Sting. But like beating him clean. Even though Macho's meant to, Sting's meant to be the guy in WCW. Sting's up to his feet. Hogan slaps Savage. Luger pulls Macho out. He's got problems with him. And Luger now waffling away on Macho, man. <laughs> what a shit boot that was. Double denim. Well, not many people can get away with double denim, Dan, and, and Luger can't. So, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But it's Hogan and Sting face off. But Hogan's just helped out Sting. But the NWO are surrounding the ring. Sting's fighting them all off. And Hogan now scares Sting. Shouts. Woo! <laughs> Hogan out the ring. Oh, Kevin Nash. Double denim Luger's back in the ring. Yeah, the protector Kevin Nash out there with Hogan. Luger and Sting in the middle of the ring. Holding strong for WSW. But what a weird ending there. Looked like Matcher had him beat clean. Dan, what were your thoughts on that? Um, again, you know, there was so much going on, it's hard to grasp. I can't even remember what the first five matches were, to be <laughs> honest with you. It was just, oh, basically, yeah, they throw out, they throw it all and then see what sticks on the wall, isn't it? Basically, yeah. We kind of think we got the Steiners there, they're a little bit of problems, obviously problems with the NWA, but it made Sting look really weak at the end of that if he's meant to be the saviour. Made Macho look strong, to be fair, didn't it? You know, Most like, definitely, yeah. I was a bit surprised by that. Um... So we do move on, and it is Nitro episode 126, February 9th, and we start the show with a look main event. We are in El Paso, Texas. Well, we start the show with a look back at last week's main event. We are in El Paso, Texas, which James already said. Hogan and Bischoff make their way down to the ring, and we want Sting chants echo throughout the crowd. Well, how did Bischoff become so successful so little time? He says... It's thanks to Hogan. So now Hogan, so again, third Nitro we're watching, again, a Bischoff and Hogan segment. Listen what Hogan says about this whole situation. Situation. So Hogan coming out here, and he's got problems with Macho. Does this take away from Sting? I.e., Sting is meant to be the guy who's saving WCW here. At Starcade, he was meant to beat Hulk Hogan, and that all ended weirdly, didn't it? And now we're setting up for a rematch. But instead of focusing on that, they Sorry. instead of focusing on that, they're giving us <laughs> Macho versus Hogan. And for me, it's just too much. Well, I'm sorry. What about Scott Hall? He won a 60-man battle royal. Yeah, but they've not sorted out the world title picture. And not only are they diluting it with that and saying, all right, guys, Sting, uh, Hogan, the winner, faces Scott with the next pay for you. Instead of saying that, they're bringing Macho Man into it now and saying Macho's going to get involved. It was obviously last week that he was going to beat Sting clear, wasn't uh, Sting clean, wasn't it, until Hogan got yeah. involved. And now it's about Hogan and Macho. And Sting, that's kind of being forgotten here. Well, does this take away from Sting? Well, exactly, yeah. Anyway, so up next we have... So we get Hogan Macho for tonight. And then we have the Nitro Girls. Shivani and today start the show, but there's no Z-Man. Well, we get a recap of... Mo- uh, of Mongo and Bulldog for the past two weeks. And the first match, James, 
Glacier versus Mongo. Well, Louis Spicoli joins the announced team. He's got Larry's bag. I don't know where he is. And then we get an awful match. Mongo wins with Tombstone. And Mortis and Mitchell run down to beat up Mongo. Tony and Mike have no idea why this is happening. Neither do I. Mongo recovers and spikes Mortis, so I guess Louis had joined the announced team for the, for the, for the night, basically. Uh, so I guess Louis has joined the announced team now. I don't, I, he's come out here and he said he don't know where Larry is. He's got his bags. Bit weird. Next match is Norman Smiley versus Conan. Of course, with Vincent. K-Dog's been an ever-present on Nitro. That is not a good thing. He is still Dash. Well, next match is Norman Smiley versus Conan with Vincent. Yeah, He's over, but we are near Mexico. Well, Smiley is a great technical wrestler. On with a half Boston crab. Yeah, so Mike Tanay interviews Brad Dillon. Yes, that Brad Dillon. What, the well-famous Brad Dillon talking about WWE race cars? It makes me want to watch NASCAR. Get in there. Nitro Girls up next. Uh, yes, and JJ Dillon is with Neil Patrick. He's still under suspension for his part at Starcade. Well, Scooty comes out and escorts Nick away. Before he goes, though, he says the video shows a normal crown. It's true. And he's been with a company longer than JJ. Well, next match is Yugi, Yuji Nataga versus Disco Inferno. And Yuji comes out with Sonny Ono. And Louis Spicoli is quite entertaining on commentary. He really is. He wants to know Larry's okay, even though you know he's fucking behind it. Well, Tony doesn't believe him. And Nagata had it one, but Ono wanted to hurt Disco more. Yeah, he did want to hurt him more. So Inferno hit the stunner out of nowhere, surprising everybody. Here comes the tar- here comes the Parker, and he takes out both men with a chair. Yes, and Louis leaves to find Larry. <laughs> yeah, let's hope they find each other. Up next, Mike Tanay again with Lex Luger. He has words for Hogan and Macho, and says they are lo- overlooking Sting and himself. And Luger wants Macho. Mm-hmm. And we're on to the second hour. And we get the fireworks. And the next match, Eddie and Jericho versus Chavo and Malenko. So just think of the talent involved in that match. We're just going to watch the end of it here. Chavo's in now. He's ready to grow away. He's got him with a drop kick. And you talk about how talented the WCW roster was at this time. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho now teaming up. Well, Tony again says they are brothers, but corrects his mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was a huge Eddie chance in this one, you know. But it is Eddie's hometown. It is Eddie's hometown. But all four men are respected. Yeah, yeah, and the amount of talent. Malenko's got Eddie. Both men on the apron here. Malenko, they're fighting off and up. Oh, Eddie pushes Chavo off the top though. And Malenko going after Eddie Guerrero. Jericho's got the line tamer in. And Chavo Guerrero taps out almost immediately. Yeah, that is bad for. Chavo Guerrero, uh, but what a great match that was. Uh, we see a video of the Steiners. In the main event of Nitro, they face the others. Yes, and we've got El Dandy versus Juventud Guerrero. Yeah, well, I mean, we've seen a couple of big dives. A couple of things. Juve is only 21 years old, well, quite incredibly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not now, obviously, but back then. Otherwise, he'd be one years yeah. old and it wouldn't make any sense. But uh, he hits the Juve driver and the 450 splash for the win. This is a 450 splash. We've seen Juve. It is a thing of beauty. And Juve wins. And, oh, wait a minute. What's going on, Dan? Well, Y2J's come in and attacked him from behind. Why is Chris Jericho doing this for? 
just been drop kicked out of the ring. But they knew they froze him out. No, what's going on? I'm from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Raza. I'll do translation. He says I'm here in front of all my family. Oh, he's not joking. It's actually funny, Jericho. What's saying? Say Jericho there, Dan. Well, I mean, what are you, what are you thinking about? He's it? great, isn't he? He is really great. Such a healy hill. I wish we had people like him today. Just so entertaining. But we do find that something important, Dan. We are heading towards WCW Super Brawl, which we are going to watch here on this podcast. And we just found out another cracking match. It's going to be Juventud Guerrero versus Chris Jericho. Not only a cruiserweight title on the line, but it is mask versus championship. I mean, that is it. Just going to be great. And speaking of great things, Dan, our next match is going to be Goldberg in action versus William Regal. Uh, well, this match is best known for the backstory, which snowballed into something of an urban legend. Regal was supposed to have a competitive bout with Goldberg, who had almost entirely been working squash matches thus far. Regal was to have something resembling his usual TV match, where he could carry lesser wrestlers by putting them into holds and giving them openings to escape, and eventually cut him off en route to the finish. Well, Goldberg instead freezes up, and at some points he just stands there. Between a clear miscommunication, Regal snugs down, and the awkward moments where they stared at each other at the corporation fell apart, the story became the real shot that Regal shot on Goldberg. He didn't, and in fact, even with Goldberg freezing, they had an entertaining match. Goldberg's first good one. So let's have a look. Regal's out here, Steve Regal, and he's going through his own drug problems at the moment, going to go against Goldberg. Here we go, bells rang and Steve Regal versus Goldberg. I mean, looking back at this 20 years, it's the general manager of NXT versus Universal Champion last year's WrestleMania, uh, which is crazy to think about it. Goldberg's still coming through. Regal has been through the scene. I mean, he's been through everywhere, you know, so he's been there and done that, looking to put Goldberg away. This is a really interesting match, isn't it, Dan? It is, yeah, and it's, you know, the the backstory certainly build this up as a as a big match. Well, or, or you know... A, a legendary match, yeah. shall we say to speak. Let's make sure we don't miss a second. We know Goldberg matches so quick. <laughs> it could be over. But Goldberg trying to work the arm of uh, Steve Regal here. Oh, and Regal going for the single leg takedown. Goldberg blocking it, so Regal goes back to the arm. And Goldberg reverses that into his own arm lock. And now trying to roll up. Regal might have him here. No, Steve gets the ropes. Oh, Goldberg's matches are normally over before this. Regal has done well in this one. Lovely headlock takedown there, but Goldberg tries reversing it. He does, so with a head scissors. Regal now going to try and get out of this. And this is all about smothering Goldberg in this one. And Regal's certainly doing that. Goldberg reverses out of it, though, and then a couple of knees to the midsection of Regal. Now backing him up in the corner. And what was that by Regal? Poke to the eye, maybe just a punch to the face. Well, Goldberg managing to reverse the armbar and putting Regal on his back. Regal going back to that leg. Well, he's trying to pick the leg of Goldberg, but Goldberg's firing it off. But does get him down eventually. Now Regal, front face, look back to the arm. And maybe he thinks to himself, you know, Goldberg might not be able to be pinned for three seconds, but maybe submit, picks up Regal. Back, drops him belly to back, suplex there. And there's the first power move by Goldberg. Tries to Irish rip Regal, but Regal kind of turns it into this weird headbutt. Now an uppercut backing Goldberg. And now pick Goldberg. No, Goldberg grabbed the head. 
Irish rip attempt. Regal goes low, takes out the knee. And now Regal with the uppercut to Goldberg. Make that two. No, only one. He's bringing his head down to the knee so Regal can connect. Oh, oh, wow. I think Goldberg was trying his spinning net breaker usually hits, but didn't really work. But has not Regal. Well, Goldberg goes high with a big shoulder block takedown. Mm -hmm. and that's impressive by Goldberg. Showing his agility there as well as his power. Regal now blocking the boots in the corner. Reversing Goldberg. Very impressive by Regal. Calls British style. And uppercut open palm strikes by Regal. Straight to Goldberg's face. Midsection and following up with a headbutt. Well, the Goldberg coming out with knees to the midsection. Irish rip to the corner. Spear takedown. And we know what always follows this. Well, the question is, I mean, I know Goldberg's a bit discombobulated. But can he get Regal in position? Well, he manages to jack him up and hammer him down to three. There we go. Goldberg wins. Dan, what are your thoughts? It was, well, as you say, you know, Goldberg's probably his best match that he's had so far in WCW. Um, you know, it, he seemed a bit like a fish out of water most times with it, though. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you mean. You know, you, you can tell a little bit by that. Regal may be trying to call it through it, and Goldberg's like, well, no, usually I just spear and jackhammer. Uh, but... Regal trying his best, and it's really weird Re Regal's career path after this as well, which we're going to follow. Like I said, Dan, he is a real man. He is a man's man. So we just saw Goldberg there in action, and I mean, man, is he intense. Nitro girls! Yeah. And a nitro party in Kentucky. Well, exactly. It's, it is a party, but it is in Kentucky, so, you know. Louis comes out for his match, and he's still carrying Larry's bags. When we have more time, we'll look at gentleman Chris Adams, who's in action, next. During the match, the flock come out, Raven leading them. Tony tells us on Thunder, Raven got involved with DDP and Benoit. And Mike mentions a rematch between the two is set for Super Brawl. Yeah, well, back to match, and Louis hits Adams in the head with Larry's briefcase. Tabisco runs out and chases Louis away, whilst telling us Louis broke into his room and stole his belongings. And to make matters worse, he switched limo drivers to leave him in the middle of nowhere. Well, up next, we get a Booker video. Next match is Ultimo Dragon versus Saturn. Well, after what Saturn did last week, Dragon wants redemption. Well, the commentators tell us Mask versus title match is set. Juve versus Jericho at Super Bowl. Well, it's a nice back and forth match. Saturn suplexes are on point. Yeah, the Frankensteiner and Dragon Sleeper. Saturn escapes. Another Dragon Sleeper, but Perry manages to roll up Dragon for the win. And it's the three-hour mark, and we get blessed with some more fireworks. Yeah. A clip from Thunder showing DDP Benwell. We covered that earlier. And up next, it's Booker T versus Raven. Yes, and it is for the TV title in a Ravens Rules match. And James, explain to the viewers that don't know what a Ravens Rules match well, is. Well, Raven had it signed into his WWE contract that every match would be Raven Rules, which is basically a hardcore match. Uh, any weapons are allowed, no countouts. Basically, anything goes rule to it, apart from like mass interference. Raven grabs a mic, says, Booker, your title belongs to Saturn. Well, the flock beats down Booker and the bell rings. So, like I say, it's Raven rules, but even with the amount of people getting involved, it's not allowed. Booker tries to fight back, but even flow DDT. Well, Saturn arrives, puts in the rings of Saturn. Raven shouting at Booker T on the mic, saying Saturn will easily beat you. Well, it's Macho versus Hogan next. Yeah, and before their match, we see the kind of shenanigans that went down last week on Nitro with 
Hogan seemingly leaving Macho Lair in the uh, Scorpion Deathlock out to dry. And th- this we're getting on to this now. And, you know, Macho versus King, what is this, 20 years ago, 1998. We've seen this match a lot. Does this still excite you, Dan? Macho, especially with everything going on with the NWO, are you excited to see this match? Um, In a storyline perspective, yes. But in a Macho versus Hogan, no, not really. Yeah, exactly. So you see Bischoff and Hogan coming out. Well, Hogan and Bischoff coming to the ring. Hogan saying, he's going to beat Macho, brother. Yeah, but you got to remember, he's got to fight Sting. At Super Bowl, oh! And Macho comes from behind, attacks Hogan as he's making his way down to the ring, tells Bischoff, you want some? Come get some. (laughs) And he grabs Eric Bischoff. Is he going to deck him? Oh! A big right hand to the head of Eric Bischoff, the head honcho in the NWO, and he picks up Hogan and throws him throat first over the barricade. Yeah, and he spat at Bischoff as well. Macho... Going to bring Hogan into the ring. And here we go. Bell rings. This is going to be an official match. Hogan doesn't want any of Macho begging him, please don't hit me. Macho is just classic in what he does. <laughs> he does. He's got a script and he sticks to it. But what's it mean, though, when he, he does his hands like that? I know anybody can't see, but is he trying to get the crowd into it? Who knows? And he's choking Hogan with his own NWO shirt. <clears throat> Well, Macho wants to be leader of the NWO, and, well, to do that, he's going to have to take out Hogan. Like I said, Macho's got a big match against Luger at Super Bowl. He's got to be... They're just fighting each other at this moment in time. Oh, and this is nasty now. Macho poked to the eye of Hogan. And Macho's been in control since he attacked Hogan from behind on his way to the ring, and he's just doing everything he can to choke out the leader of the NWO. I don't know if it's me, but the WWE official seems to be enjoying this a little bit. Watching two NWO guys beating the hell out of each other. Do you reckon there will be any outside interference? Most definitely. It's a WCW match. <laughs> and it's an NWO match. Yeah, it's an NWO, yeah, it's an NWO match. We're just waiting for the interference. But at the moment, Hogan has got no one to help him. Even Eric Bioff mm. is outside. After that devastating spit from Macho Man. <laughs> Who knows what is in his uh, system at the moment. <laughs> Eric Bischoff's probably coked up and roided up at the moment. After that spit. He comes out like the incredible Eric. And now Hogan finally take control. Shortcuts himself. Well, he's choking out Macho Man with his shirt and he goes to bite the head of the madness. Tries to bite Macho's head. Macho Man's a bit punched drunk, nearly hits the referee. And now Hogan's taking him into the corner and choking him out on the ropes. I don't think we've actually seen... A proper wrestling move no. in this first five minutes of this matchup between these two. <clears throat> oh no, sorry, a kick to the che- kick to the stomach, followed by another five. Funny thing is, right? I've been watching Nitro and I thought this is not good, and then I watched Raw and I was dreaming for Nitro. <laughs> it's not honestly. Once we get onto the WWF in a bit, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking awful. But we, yeah, it's going to get there. We know it's going to get there. Uh, now, Macho on the apron, trying to fight off Hogan. That's the thing that I can't fathom, though, because the WCW fans are absolutely lapping this up, and they're loving it. Yeah. And it is awful wrestling. It is terrible. But then they sit on their hands when you got a 205 Live match, a bloody great match, a few great matches, and throughout all of them, the biggest annoyance is that the fans have been sitting on their hands, and it's, it's like, well, what, do you want to go back 20 years and watch a fucking Hogan versus Macho Man? Yeah. <laughs> Diabolical match. But maybe they appreciate, I don't know. The, the theatrics and the drama of exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's like there's a lot of guys who watch wrestling in WCW 
that stopped watching it when Hogan, Savage, all the Attitude Era and stuff, that went away from it, you know? you got to remember, when the ratings was on top, there's like 10 million people and whatnot, and now there's what? You know, 3 million. So you, you got to think, there's a lot of people that just thought, well, no, I don't want to bother anymore. Yeah, but then, like, you know, it's... <clears throat> You've got the smarks that only watch NJWP, NJPW. You know they've. You've got the ones that are loyal to Impact. Impact. You've. You know you've got so much variety to choose from now. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know that is true. As uh, Match and Hogan just traded low blows. And the referee <laughs> doing nothing. Hey. Is that what we can actually classify as a proper wrestling? That move? is the first, <coughs> first backdrop. Well, the first wrestling movie we've seen in the match back. But, I mean, the, the thing is, the problem with us, well, I say, we, we like great wrestling. And like you say, with the couches, you've got to remember 20 years ago how big Hogan and Macho Man were, even though they've been around for a while. I mean, this is the equivalent of, like, Cena versus Orton back in 2000, you know what I mean? When they were both coming through and feuding each other. Like, it, that, that's the thing. That's the thing, you know, people, Hogan dominated professional wrestling at this point in time we'd been in the main event picture for about 15 years you know since the early 80s the same with macho really and they've been always yeah. associated together so i mean people are interested about it but i feel they wanted the nwo to kind of break up and go for feuds rather than what actually happened you know i think that's what we're going to see a lot this year i mean it's great hogan macho going at it if then at the end of it one of them they, you know they go their separate ways and but they're forgetting about Sting as well. So they're meant, you know, Hogan's meant to be fighting Sting for the fucking world title. Macho Man's going against Luger. And instead it's been forgotten about in this kind of uh, like weird kind of different feud. There's like three, four, you know, we're going to see as well with Bret Hart. It's like three different feuds uh, Hogan is involved in at this moment in time. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> well, uh, Bonesaw versus Thunderlips <laughs> is well underway. And Macho take Hogan, taking Hogan to the outside. Hogan against Barricade. Macho all the way to the top. Oh, fucking hell. Looking to drop that elbow on Hogan. But Hogan sidesteps and Macho Man face first into the barricade. And he might have broke his nose or jaw there. Big impact. And now Hogan's got a steel chair. Referees let things go. But is he going to let this? No, wait a minute. Chair gets snatched off him by Liz. Well, she doesn't want to see... Uh... Any weapons coming between these two guys? Oh, God, that was awful. Macho just pushed Hogan into the ring post there. Now he's got the chair. Oh, straight across the back of Hogan. Man, the commentator is absolutely loving this NWO on NWO. Did you know that Miss Elizabeth won the, her only awards and accomplishments in wrestling were Wrestler of the Week, October the 4th to the October the 10th of 1987, and she got a Slammy Award in 1987 for Woman of the Year. Macho hit the elbow on Hogan to look to maybe finish it. But unfortunately for Macho, the entire NWO have just come out here. So here comes uh, Scott Hall, Vincent, Conan, Buff Bagwell. Just everybody in the beating up on Macho now. Nash here with a steel chair. Hogan's got chair in hand and just drilled Macho Man in the head. Another cheer to the back. That is that is bad. So it looks like the NWO don't want Macho on their side then. No, they've kind of uh, taken the side of Hollywood Hogan. Yes, uh, well, with the assistance of uh, 
Hall, Nash, Vincent, Buff Bagwell. Macho Man's not done with Hogan now, though. And the MWO trying to pull him off as we go to an ad break. So Luger comes out like he said he would. There he is. Here's Logan. And he said he wanted Macho after this match. He said he wants Macho, but we've just seen a Macho man have a hellacious match with Hogan and being beaten up by the NWO. Is he going to come out here? That's what Luger wants. Well, uh, will Luger hit Miss Elizabeth like he did in 2002 when he left her locked in the garage of his house? Yep. Or will he leave her for dead like, well, when she had the overdose and died? <sighs> oh, Liz has come out here. Distracted Luger. Macho Man came running through the crowd. And Macho, who's just been, <clears throat> Macho, who's just been beaten down five minutes ago, has now come out and beaten up a fresh Lex Luger. But Sting's run his way to the ring, grab, grabs hold of Macho's leg as he was just about to drop that big elbow off the top. And he lays a beat down on Savage. Well, the crowd absolutely loving Sting. And it looks like WSW wrestlers are covering each other's backs. Yes, well, it makes a change from Hogan covering WSW's wrestlers' backs with the NWO logo, and Sting nearly walks all over Lex Luger. Scorpion death drop. Oh, here comes Hogan and the NWO saying, yeah, we like that. You beat up Macho Man. Now Luger's back up. The NWO trying to attack Sting and Luger. Sting and Luger, though, they both in the NWO black and white. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, wait a minute. Well, they've dropped a net from the ceiling and they've trapped Sting like he was a big fish. <laughs> fish. Fish. And now Macho, Luger and Sting all underneath him. The NWO coming to the ring, beating him down. Sting trying to fight his way out of the net, but on a losing battle. Oh, there's no one here to help him. This is just complete domination from the NWO. Referee's coming out. God darn it. Go on, Charles Robinson. Drop some asses. Yeah. But that is it, advert, and no one in the ring as we come back. So everything was fine. Uh, so then Nitro, and now it's the main event. <laughs> <laughs> Can't miss out them Nitro girls. <laughs> it's the Steiners versus the Outsiders for the WSW Tag Team Titles. Hall gives the survey. Nash is too sweet, and they left one out. Interesting comments, isn't it? So Nash mentions a wolf pack. Once Six Pack, who is released from WWE, back, and we would know what had happened in a well, how long is it now? A couple of months' time, but but Steiners versus the Outsiders, Steiners Outsiders. <coughs> and yes, it is going to be as awful as it sounds. I don't think it's going to be too bad. I don't want to be. Why do to be sure? To be sure. I think the Steiners are a great tag team. I mean, sure, Dan. Sure, they're having their problems recently. But I don't know about this one. Well, they can obviously uh, come together to fight a common enemy. I mean, the brothers, James. They're brothers. Exactly. Well, Big Papa is pumped as he's coming out here. And there's uh, some titles being walked around by the referee. Yeah, they're the tag team titles. Steiners beat Hall and Nash clean for the tag team titles. But Nash and Hall being Nash and Hall said, no, we're not happy. We are still tag team champions. And that's what happened. They would literally walk around with and just another set of tag team titles. Which so this oh, is for the unified tag team yeah, championship. Even though, yeah, exactly. Even though it devalues the championship. But hey, I'm not in I'm just watching it. But it is the Outsiders and Steiners, two recognised tag teams. You know, you talk about Steiners and, of course, Nash and Hall. I'm a really big fan of the Outsiders, even though we know the... the um, what's fair to say? 
the match might not be greatest quality, but hey. It's not going to be a catch-can style no. wrestling, though. No. Well, Scott Hall can work, don't get me wrong. So he's in there with Rick to start things off. The dog-faced gremlin and Rick versus Steiner. the bad guy. Oh, and a toothpick to the face. Well, you don't want to pick on Rick. He don't. Well, he tried to, and he got hit in the face for his troubles. Steiner line. Steiner elbow. Going for the cover. Ooh. Going for the Steiner cover, but... Scott Hall kicks out. Uh-huh. Now Rick taunting big sexy Kevin Nash. Tags in his brother Scott. He drops a big Steiner forearm of the outsider. Irish Rick reverse. Scott Hall went fully hip toss blocked by Scott. Oh. A variation of a choke slam there. Yeah. Uh-oh. That's mocking the giant. Of course, Nash dropped him on his head. Scott was, Scott was quick to recover. Oh, a belly-to-belly overhead suplex by Steiner. Is Hall going to go to Steiner Suplex City? Irish Rip and Scott Hall, but game reversed, and Kevin Nash knee to the back of Scott. And a big forearm to Nash, but Hall had recovered by then and clotheslined Scott. So Scott v. Scott in a ring, Scott. The thing is as well, you need eyes in your back of your head, stuff like this. You know how dirty the outsiders are. Now the big man's in. You see Rick in the corner beg his brother. But he's not a lot he can do when he's pinned in the corner by gnashing his big foot. Well, Scott's, oh, Scott Hall's in there now. He's going to go for the fall away slam. Bang! What impact. Oh, a cheap shot on Rick Steiner by Scott Hall. And that's the way that you've been played. And tags in Nash. Well, he didn't even tag him. No, Rick's not helping out. Just stay there, Rick. Wait for Scott. Oh, Nash comes down with his body weight at the back of Scott Steiner. The Nash is just too sweet. Oh, a big boot there. Nearly took Scott's head off. Scott's saying, what, you want me to get back in already? All right. I've only just recovered. I'm still half cut, mate. <laughs> and now Scott Hall with the abdominable stretch. Who's that made famous by? That's made famous by Wilbur Schneider. And Scott Hall going for a, a leg hole variation of it. But we call this the U submission because Scott Steiner is shaped like a U. Well, Scott's certainly being worked over by the Outsiders. Oh. Got in a variation of the STF. And embarrassed then by uh, Scott all the slaps to the back of uh, Steiner's head. Quick tags by the Outsiders, a sign of a great tag team. Yeah, uh, huge sidewalk slam. Going for the cover. Rick has to stop the count. Oh, oh this is Kevin Ash should not be going for the jackknife. You see the reaction from the fans. <laughs> he's smiling, saying, yeah. He's working him, wasn't he? Elbow to the back of the head instead. Well, Hall's telling him, go for it. They want to see it. Bang, you get 50 grand fine. Oh, no, just tags in Scott Hall. Irish whips, schools, uh, Irish whips, Irish whips Hall into the corner and follows it up with a short-arm clothesline. And he was just kicking away at the Steiner brother. Brother. Can Scott get to the corner to make a tag to Rick? Well, Scott dodges out of Hall's clothesline. Now he's got him up. Suplex. Well, double underhook. Slams Hall to the mat. But the problem with that is Scott Hall is now in between the Steiner brothers, whoever intentional or not, got to try and recover and get through Scott Hall. Yes, but on the counterpoint, Scott Steiner's in between Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Ah, it's like a glass half full, half empty type of thing. I can see what he did there. And Scott saying he can do it himself, not going to tag in Rick. Oh! Well, he throws Scott into Rick and a referee... Scott into Rick and the referee signifies that there was a tag indeed made. 
Well, Nash and Scott just, Steiner is the legal man. And Nash just downed. No, Rick Steiner's the legal uh, man. Rick's, sorry, yeah, the Rick Steiner's the legal man. Yeah, Nash just clotheslined. Scott Steiner, Hall go for the outside of his edge. Off the top rope, Bulldog. Rick stops Nash getting in. One, two, three. three. And the Steiners are the unified tag team champions. Oh, my God. What an upset. They've done it here. With no outside interference for the NWO. And Rick is so happy he got the job done. Well, Nash takes Scott Hall out of the ring. And look at him running around, Rick. Scott is just... Scott look happy? He doesn't look that happy, no. Oh, there you go. Now they're happy. Wow, what a moment here on WCW Monday Night Show. In the main event, the Steiner brothers reclaim their tag team titles. Well, it seems all's patched up between the Steiners. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. All the problems, anything that we thought was going to be wrong with them is now sorted. They are tag team champions back on top of the tag team, well, you know, wrestling world now. Fair play to Rick and Scott and Ted DiBiase as well. So, Dan, what do you think of that? <coughs> um, yes, it wasn't without controversy. And uh, again, I think there's still a bit too much going on in the three hours. Like, you know, I know it was only like two hours and 15 minutes minus all the breaks. But, you know, there was still a lot going on. You know, like Hogan's got three feuds going on. Macho Man's got like two feuds going on. It's They're spread a bit too thin and you got like, you know, the Jericho situation. Situation. You got the Steiners. They was, you know, apprehensive to tag each other. And then now they've won tag team gold. Everything's been brushed under the carpet. You got the Outsiders losing relatively clean or as clean as you can get and of course don't forget about Goldberg and Regal early on in the match uh, or early on on Nitro as well like I said there's so much uh, base, you know but I, I, I don't mind it I thought it was quite quite a good episode of Nitro there is a lot thrown at us but you know I think some people with short attention spans that's quite good for them you know yes so anyway move on to the next Nitro and that's episode 127 the February 26th and we start the show with uh, In Memory of Louis Spicoli, 1971 to 1998, 27 years old, and, and here's the story of that. Now, Louis Spicoli was a talented worker with a great sense of humour, uh, stigmatised by the lack of the big man look in vogue during the 90s. Well, nevertheless, Spicoli advanced himself through the sheer determination of finding work in the ECW, WWF and W. But success was short-lived for Spicoli in large parts of years of abusing the muscle relaxer, Soma. Well, many say Spicoli was on the verge of a breakout at WWE, but unfortunately his life was cut short. Spicoli suffered a drug overdose at the young age of 27. During this time, Spicoli did a, des- uh, Spicoli did a guest stint on colour commentary, proving so funny that Eric Bischoff considered putting Spicoli into a permanent role as a colour commentator. Bischoff reportedly saw Spicoli as the Chris Farley of wrestling. And unfortunately, Chris Farley died young as well. Played by frequent overdoses, Spicoli resolved to give up his drug abuse and reportedly did so cold turkey. However, he relapsed when his mother was diagnosed with cancer and she was just given months to live. On February 15th, 1998, Spicoli was found dead in his home by a friend who had crashed there. Uh, <coughs> according, to Dave Meltzer's, according to Dave Meltzer's 2001 book, Tributes, Spicoli's friend, John Hanna, woke up to a really bad odour. When he opened the door to Spicoli's room, he knew right away what had happened. Spicoli was lying face first, fast first, face first, 
on the floor. There was vomit all over the place. His ankles were swollen and his body was already discoloured. Yeah, so I'm sorry to go in a bit graphic there. Warning, the the following content is going to be graphic nature. But yeah, Lucifer, we saw him, didn't we? A couple of, we've been watching him on Nitro and like I say, gone too young. So we start the show proper with a video from last Thursday. Luger and Sting ended up battling Hogan and Macho. Tonight, it would turn into our, it would be our main event. So main event tonight, Luger and Sting versus Hogan and Macho. That's fucking huge. Yes, indeed. And uh, Hogan and Macho teaming up. It's a bit of a funny one. More detail a bit. Uh, yes, but in Tampa, Florida, Larry Zabisco is back. And we find out on Funder, Bischoff wants to sort things out by getting Hogan and Macho on the same page. Yeah, Hogan wanted an apology. Macho gave it to him and a slap across the face. Well, Hogan arrives on Nitro with the entire NWO. So we've got Hogan. Bischoff. Vincent. Norton. Buff Bagwell. Dusty Rhodes. Kurt Henning. Conan. Hall. Nash. And Rick Rude. (sighs) Well, Hogan says it's like the good old days, the entire NWO being together. He talks a lot. I was more interested in Nash and Henry laughing in the background anyway. It looked like they're having a whale of a time. But here are some notes from Hogan's speech. Nick Patrick will be ref versus Sting. He will beat Sting. Well, actually, it's easy to watch. So let's just... Hogan then goes on to talk about Macho and how easy it is going to be to beat him. Hogan had a go at Macho for being bald. Yeah, it's just, uh, unbelievably he did. How, how dare Hogan, out of all the people in the world, so he's going through his A, B, C, Ds of wrestling, B was Bret Hart, Ds. So Hogan's saying he beat up Macho on Monday, which he didn't really. On Thunder, he should have apologised to him, he didn't. But a crowd into it, aren't they? They hate Hogan. Well, they're saying Hogan sucks. Um, Macho loves a bit of spitting, doesn't he? Every time Macho Man raises his hand, <laughs> Elizabeth flinches. We have got a pay-per-view this Sunday as well, and yet... It's more about Macho and Hogan than it is anything else. Well, it's all about Hogan, and it's all about Macho. Well, it is all about Hogan, isn't it? And we thought after Sting beat Hogan, well, what we thought he was at Starcade, that would be the end of it. But unfortunately, the fans still still seem to be behind it. So at least that's a good thing, I suppose. Yes. Uh, well, next, next up, Larry Z says, let Louis rest in peace. That feud is now done. Well, does Larry think he's won? <laughs> yeah, he beat him when he was in the cover. One, two, three. And Jimmy Hart had a word in the ear of Hugh Morris, who is in action next. Goldberg! <laughs> and let's not forget, Goldberg made his debut against Hugh Morris, so maybe Hugh Morris has scattered out Goldberg and could take him down. Well, we will see. Well, Hugh Morris looked to sneak up behind Goldberg as he was doing his rope stretches, but Goldberg wasn't having any of it. He got out of Hugh Morris and delivered a few moves to him, but Morris, he managed to jump the ropes and deliver a clothesline to Goldberg. And that was impressive by the big man. By big man. And he's trying to rock Goldberg. Of course, Goldberg last week beating Regal, reversed the Irish whip, and Morris, ooh. The shoulder throw, but Morris, with a couple of knees to the midsection, looking to suplex the big man. Oh! Goldberg manages to jump out and land on his feet, <laughs> bounces off the rope and delivers a thunderous spear to Morris. That might be it now. And Goldberg, he's not wasting any time. Picks up Hugh Morris. Oh, sorry, your bit. Jacks him up. Hammers him down. One, two, three. Well, Goldberg there make time of Hugh Morris. And I mean, how we talk about a lot of bad stuff on this, but how great is that, though? 
Well, you know, that's just... It's Goldberg, he, he doesn't say much, but, you know, he gets the job done. No, you know, he's uh, he's totally dominating his way through the uh, the WCW roster, and it's only a matter of time, the big one. Yeah, without a doubt. And we see a video recap of the Steiners winning the WCW Tag Team titles and the main event of the Nitro last week, and the commentators are absolutely loving it. They get a title rematch at Super Bowl, but apparently Nash and Hall won it tonight. Ooh, will they get it? More than likely. And now Nash and Hall coming out, and they're going straight to the commentary team. Scott Hall and Larry have had their problems recently. What, what, why do they want it tonight for? What is the point of that? they got a match at Super Bowl. Why the fuck do they need it tonight? Next time you want to scream uncle, can you let me know? So there we go. There's the outsiders. And they just show they can do whatever they want to do. You know, the NWO just dominant over Nitro. Pretty much, yeah. So let me see Hogan on Thunder. One guy on his list. Uh, it would be Sting because he's facing him for the world title. Nope. Uh, Macho Man because they've been feuding recently. Nope. Think of another f- feud he's got. Oh, Bret Hart. Exactly. Because Hogan can't just have one feud going on. He can't just have two feuds <laughs> going on. He's got to have three. Uh, so we see him talking about Bret wanting him. And then we see Sick Boy. He's out with Raven's Flock. Yes, well, uh, WCW sure does like its groups. Yeah, you do, and it's Sick Boy versus Mark Starr. Both are useless. Yes, uh, Sick Boy drop Starr for the win. End of story. Well, yeah, it's a real job of field to this. Then we get Nitro Girls. Right, now I'm going to put this in because I've been wondering what it was near the entrance. I don't know if we can see it, but every time someone comes out to the ring, I'm going to try and find it it's it's really fucking weird and i noticed it the other day and i hope i'm not tripping out for life hopefully we see it here go on show me it go on show me it show me it so okay so anyway you just saw it yeah yeah right so again i won't chip in there is fucking saint near the entrance way i have no idea what the fuck it was let me get it now there you go yeah. right that right <laughs> i thought what the fuck is that i'm still interacting with a few but they're gonna deal with it right now Right, this dude is Wildcat Willie, played by Brady Bone. I am not making this up. He also played Battle Cup in Battle Cat in the WWF. He was an American professional wrestler and referee. He was perhaps known for his appearances with WWF under the ring names Brady Bone and Battle Cat. He died actually later on this year. Uh, later on, <laughs> nineteen ninety-eight. Oh right, guess how he died? Uh, what in the suit? No, uh, um. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Think Macho Man. Fucking tree. Automobile heel accident. Well, Wildcat Willie was the WWE mascot from 1995 to 1999. He'd come out to the ring and dance around in between matches on Monday Nitro and Saturday night. He was finally fired in 99 after they realised that fans hated him and had more fun throwing stuff at him than actually watching him. I'm sorry, um... He was finally fired in 99 on December the 15th, 1998, while driving home to Tampa, Florida from a WCW television tape in Orlando. Peters died in an automobile mm-hmm. accident. After that, it's not known who Wildcat Willie was. There's rumour that Larry Profe played a role since he had a WCW contract from 95 to 99 and was never seen on television. Nobody has ever confirmed the rumour, though. So, literally, it could be Matcha Man's brother under that after he said... Uh, Boone actually died. I mean, this episode's been full of death. I do apologise for that, anybody listening. 
Uh, but we do two move dead on. men on the screen. Yeah, at once. yeah. But no, um, yeah, yeah. Despite being smaller than most wrestlers, Peter's inspired several up-and-coming wrestlers with his athleticism, including RVD. The two met while Peter's was wrestling in Florida for Suncoast Pro Wrestling. Peter's helped RVD during his early years in wrestling and persuaded Giant Baba to allow Van Dam to tour with All Japan Pro Wrestling. The last time Van Dam saw Peter's was the only time he wrestled him. In tribute, Van Dam uses moves that Peter's himself used. So there's Wildcat Willie. <clears throat> Here come the outsiders. They're in action up against Public Enemy. Well, Dan, the Public Enemy were ECW's first great gimmick. They were super over, but then they went to WCW. Well, looking back, uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> no, it, did, it didn't. And looking back 20 years, they look awful. Yeah, they do. And let's remember the jackknife is still banned. And uh, the Public, en- Public Enemy consists of Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock. Yeah. And here they come now. I mean, just look at the state. I think many people might know Public Enemy for the match against the Acolytes in WRF in 99 when they basically uh, beat the crap out of the Public Enemy at that point. You know, you got to remember back in ECW, the fans were really into them, the house party type of thing. And, but I say they're a great gimmick, not great wrestlers, you know. So probably one of their most high-profile matches. They've been former WWE tag team titles, but that was against that didn't really work out for them then they're going against the outsiders here on Nitro can they impress Johnny Grunge is in the ring Rocco Rock calls the outside both men unfortunately have passed away so again I apologise <laughs> I'm not meant to uh, upset anybody here Scott Hall with a toothpick to Johnny Grunge and now collar and elbow tie up Scott Hall though working the shoulder sleep apnea complications Johnny Grunge died of Oh, but Grunge now, first bit of offence on Scott Hall. Boot up, and now the clothesline. He died of a heart attack while en route to propane wrestling. Oh, fuck off. So three men on this car died whilst driving a car. No, of a heart attack. Whilst September, driving. Whilst en route to propane, so he might have been in the back or <laughs> so the right been, side. But, but, but Macho had a heart attack whilst in a car as well, you know. And this guy who crashed his car. So it's three auto vehicle accidents. Well, Rocco Johnny... Rock going for the cover on Hall, but Hall managing to kick out. Johnny Grunge died in his sleep. Lewis Piccoli died in a pile of his own vomit. Now, the public enemy taking over on Scott Hall, and I'm surprised by this. Well, I've, I've watched it, so I'm not that surprised, but you know what I'm trying to say. Well, Scott, well, will the outsiders suffer their second defeat in as many weeks? Well, this is going to be bad, aren't they? You've got to respond somehow, and uh, public enemy doing the right at the moment. But as I've said that, the outsiders taking control. Oh, Irish whip. Grunge into Rocco and Rocco into Grunge. Scott Hall with a clothesline on Johnny Grunge and now mocking no, the with giant. with a choke slam. Yeah, mocking the giant. Well, you know, he was uh, <laughs> he was the Miz before the Miz was the Miz. Stealing other wrestlers' moves. And Grunge brings, brings Scott Hall to the outside. Right until they introduce him to those still steps. Bouncing his head off the public enemy table. Ooh. Rocco Roch, uh, Rocco Rock ducking... The big boot from Nash. And now Grunge laying Scott Hall on that table. Oh, but Dustin Rhodes, baby, from behind. It's, I'm not touching you, baby. I'm not coming nowhere near you, baby. <laughs> yeah. Dead men walking. But Scott Hall behind him. Oh, shit, yeah, Dusty Rhodes as well at ringside. He's fucking... Oh, how depressing. And wait a minute. Kevin Nash in the ring with Rocco Rock. This is not allowed. Jackknife said this. The jackknife is banned. Nash, don't do it. Think of the children. Nash, do not do it. 
Scott Hall putting grunge on the announce uh, on the table at ringside. No, he's not. Don't do it, baby. Nash got him up. Oh, and he power bombs Rock through grunge. Barely though, that was dangerous. You had to make sure. Uh, not that Kevin Nash would have cared. So it's disqualification. It's over here. The public enemy do get the victory. I fear they've won the battle yet lost the war. Uh, what do you think of that, later? Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Well, I, I don't. To be fair, I don't think it was that bad. Like, if we look at the wrestling action, yes, it's not great. But if you look at a way of like, if it was getting the outsiders over as a force, this is what making Kevin Ash look like a badass. He's got a move he's not allowed to use. He doesn't care about using it, and he he's put, been arrested. He's putting people through tables. It's the second time he's getting carted off now. Cause that's how dangerous the move is, you know. So it's making the NWO good, look good. Problem is, it's making the public enemy look like a couple of jobbers. And Kevin Ash saying he's going to be out of here soon. So anyway, we move on. And up next, we're looking at Nitro parties. Woo! Woo! And then it's Mean Gene with Nick Patrick. Well, Nick says he's like Clinton conspiracy, but Hogan will finance him. Yeah, so any problems he has legally, Hogan is there. Like he is with Kevin Nash. Next match is Mike Enos versus Barry Horowitz. <laughs> Horowitz. Oh, well, Barry was a jobber in the WWF for a very long time. Then finally a couple of victories and a pat on the back. So how's he doing in WCW? Well, Powerslam ends the match and it's defeat for Barry. We then see Mongo and Bulldog Brawl backstage. On to the second hour. Well, it's uh, La Parker and Yuji Nakata. It's Leparka versus Yuji Nagata with Sonny Ono. And the last time we saw the two, Leparka was knocking Yuji's head off with a chair, so this match had some meaning. After a back-and-forth match, Disco ran out and stunned Leparka, chair attack, same time as Yuji, behind ref's back, and somehow Nagata got the win. Well, we get another clip of Hogan talking about Brett. And we get the Nitro girls, and then it's King Kidman... In action with the flock at ringside versus Ultimo Dragon. Well, it's a rematch from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but it's still good though, Dan. Yeah, obviously. Well, Tony says 50k for a power bomb. So Nash and Hall have done over two thousand dollar, uh, over two hundred thousand dollars worth of damage. Yeah. Back to the match. Dragon sleeper for the win. Flock left him alone. They left him the flock alone. Well, then we're with Mean Gene, who's with the US champ. DDP. Well, he wants a fresh Benoit. Ah, oh, fuck it. He <laughs> he wants a fresh Benoit. When he beats him, he wants to get where he belongs. He calls out Raven, and he and Saturn look to beat him up. But Benoit comes out to save DDP. Next match, Meng versus a Barbarian. Well, on Thunder, Meng attacked Jimmy Hart, and Jimmy's bringing the Barbarian. They are still a tag team. Yes, so they fight each other even though they're technically still a team. Barbarian hits four kicks on Ming after Jimmy hits him with a chair for the win. And the next match is Saturn versus Disco. Well, Disco making his way to the ring. La Parker takes him out. Rick Martel comes out and takes Disco's place. Saturn is attacked from behind. Saturn attacked from behind, was in control most of the match until Martel's comeback. Yeah, referee distraction. Riggs takes out Martel. Brings a Saturn for the victory. Yes, and up next, Kurt Henning with Rude. Not Bobby, but Rick versus Bobby Eaton. Bobby had a Seamus tan. He had a bit of offence, but Henning Plex 
One, two, three. And we're on to the third hour now and we get some fireworks. Yes, and it is the tag team titles on the line. It's Steiners versus Vicious and Delicious. Well, the Steiners started strong, but Buff took over. So Vicious and Delicious, can the tag team titles come back to the NWO? We're going to find out now. Like we say, Buff been in control. Rick dodges the Irish whip load. Oh! And a lovely slam on Buff Bagwell. We take Scott Norton down, going back to Buff. Scoops him down. <laughs> Charles Robinson there <laughs> jumping up in the corner to get out of the way. Norton dumped out the ring. And uh, Buffline down, Scott chasing after Norton. Rick on the top. Looking for the bulldog. Bang! And that's it, surely. Go Don't for the call cover. Me Shirley, but Scott Norton breaks it up. Oh, and so another two Scots in this ring. Norton sends Scott Steiner out. Oh, oh, no. Now Kurt Hennigan to beat down uh, Rick Steiner. Yeah, Vincent there. Dibiotti gets knocked off the apron by Conan. There's five members. This is disgraceful. This is five on one. Uh-oh. Here comes Scott with a chair. The equaliser. Checks on his brother. Oh, perfect. <laughs> or oh, Hennig looks to come and uh, deliver another attack, but Steiner... Had his eyes set on him. Yeah. So the NWO there, Scott Hall, looks to be the leader of this little group at the moment. Because obviously Hogan and Nash are nowhere to be seen. Message and Scott Hall wants to tag team titles back. Like I said, it will be the Steiners versus the Outsiders at Super Bowl. We will be watching Super Bowl in its entirety. But up next, TV title. And I, I tell you what, much like the US Open Challenge that has become a thing in vogue now the past couple of years, the TV title was defended basically every week. And this week, it's Rick Martell, who's been in action already, going against Booker T. Booker! Only a going Booker T there with a backdrop to Rick Martell. Oh, a lovely kick to the head of the model. And they're building up Booker T. We've seen a couple of promo videos for him. He's, he's split away from Stevie Ray, now going singles as TV champion. The future looks bright for him. And we've seen Goldberg as well. So there is potential there for WCW to look at the future, isn't there? You know, I know they've been focusing on the NWO. Of course, seeing Chris Jericho with the Cruiserweight title. Rick Martell at the moment wants some time out. Because he is a veteran of the business going against Booker T. He is, and he's gone a long way from having his little perfume puffer. <laughs> yeah, he has. It's but, an early days selfie stick wielding cunt. Yes, but instead of his puffer, he wants a TV title here tonight. Colin Elwood tie up between Martell and Booker. Oh, and a very dirty break there between uh, Rick and Booker. Well, Booker's that up, uh, Booker. Rick's. Martel's at a stage of his career now that he needs uh, some big victories. You know, he needs to show that he belongs here. You know, a loss against Booker T and continuing on Nitro, even though he's a new member of WCW, you know, the future probably doesn't look that bright for him. So he knows at this age, there's no room for mistakes. But Booker's been on fire recent times. Versus the Irish whip. Oh, and a brutal spine buster there from Booker. And now the crowd feeling it. Booker clotheslines Martel down. Sends Martel back out onto the mats, walking around. And you see uh, Booker T's wearing the same attire as the mats are. Yeah. <laughs> I think Booker T's, I don't think he's still got singles gear. I think this is just Harlem Heat gear that he had, just not wearing a top anymore. But we'll see, the, like we said, the evolution of Booker T even, from start of singles out to... Being a, what, a five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion. 
How many times? I think five. I think six time world champion. <laughs> he's had so many championships. Throws Martel in and now he's going to wear him down. And of course, don't forget, huge main event. Hogan and Macho against Sting and Luger. It seems though the fans have taken this time during this match to go and get some uh, some sweets. Yeah, refreshments, maybe. Not appreciating uh, the legend that Booker T becomes. Yeah, I think some of the fans are into uh, this match and Booker T. But like you say, yeah, they're just waiting for the uh, big moments. But of course, over three hours, there is time for to go out for refreshments and toilet breaks. And Rick Martel... Straight Shoulder into first into the ring post. Yeah, Booker T, lovely sidestep there. Straight out. Dropping that patented knee. And you get a two count there for Booker. Booker working on the arm, but now Irish ripping Martel. Oh, and Martel drops Booker throat first over the top rope. Now, is this his up into the match? Well, now the knee straight down on Booker's throat. Throws Booker T out of the ring. He lands on a wave of thin mats. But I think this gives a chance. Oh, I was about to say, it gives a chance for Booker to catch his breath. But Martel wants paid back shot earlier. Now uh, throws Booker face first into the barricade. No relation to Lance. Camera's in Booker's way. Rick Martel going back into the ring to break up the count. But he's back on the assault now. Well, it's class in ring work by the veteran Martel. That's all you got to say here. He throws Booker in. He's really turned up a notch now, Martel, working on the sleeper. He's going to put Booker to sleep. Booker there fighting his way out of the sleeper hold. Manages to break it. Rick Martel goes for a big right of his own. Block, blocked by Booker. Irish whip. Oh, looking for a drop kick, but Martel hangs onto the ropes and Booker T hits the mat. Oh, no. Now he's going to go for the Quebec crab. Can he get Booker turned? And he's got him there. Can Booker T get to the rope? Oh, oh and he does. Just about. Martel thinks he's won. If we say no, no, you have not. Hell no. One back, please. Oh. Oh, and a lovely spinning heel kick from Booker. Drops Martel onto the onto his back. See the fans responding, doing the old Booker T raise the roof. And now it's a slugfest between the either man. Booker, though, picks up Martel. Slams him onto the mat. Oh, but Martel's caught in the referee's eye. Booker T spinning his way up to his feet. Delivers a big forearm to Martel. Booker's like, what's up with you, you dickhead? Yeah, referee's like, what? And now Booker picking up Rick Martel. Oh, Martel stomped to the leg. Side headlock, Booker dodges down. Oh, Saturn up on the apron. Hits Martel with Booker as he goes to kick Saturn off. I think catches his leg on that top rope. And Booker T's been hung up to dry. And Tony Fiorani telling us he really hurt his leg there. And Rick Martel knows this. And he's going to try and put him in a Quebec crab. Second attempt. Booker T's far away from the ropes this time. Booker's got nowhere to go. Has to tap out. And a new TV title champion. Oh, my God. What a huge moment on Nitro. A new champion crown, Rick Martel. Well, anything can happen here. Martel beats Booker. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I don't know. It's a bit of a slow match, really. It was... Although it didn't really entertain me. I think it was a shock. Uh, I think it was a surprise at the end uh, that Rick Martel actually got the job done. Uh, I don't think it was too bad. Like you say, it wasn't at the pace that maybe... Uh... No, I don't think it was too bad. Uh, Martel and Booker, I think, clicked all right. You see Booker getting hung up on the top rope. 
Up next, we see more Nitro Girls. Yay. Well, Mean Gene is in the ring with Bret Hart, and he's not impressed with Hogan making excuses. The NWO are in trouble, and it's thanks to Bret. Well, Bret says Hogan is scared of him. Uh, scared of him. You're scared of me, and you're chicken shit. Oh, wait a minute. Who is that tall drink of water? It looks like Kevin Nash. Well, big man, yeah, long hair, shades, got a huge trench coat on. Well, Mike tonight, Mike tonight, tell us Brian Adams, and of course, used to be Crush in WF saying, Brett, you've got a friend of me holding out his hand. It must be cold in there to have that trench coat on. I know Brett's got a leather jacket and stuff, but you know. Oh, wait a minute. He was holding on to the hand, and Kurt Henning attacks from behind. And now it's. Oh, he's wearing an NWO oh, t shirt. Wow. Oh, he was in cahoots for the NWO. Conan, Vincent, Norton, the NWO BT, Buff Bagwell. Now here comes Rick Rude. It's all a setup, Dan. Oh. That's why he's wearing that huge jacket. He's now jacket off. He is, and now he's getting beaten down by secondary members of the NWO. Oh, and speaking, no. The number one guy, the NWO, Hogan, coming out here. And if he wasn't busy enough with Pacho and Sting, he's going to put a beating on Brett. They've got his jacket. He welcomes Brian Clark. Right, he Adams. welcomes Brian Adams. And no one here to help Brett. He's getting beaten down by Hulk Hogan. Oh, wait a minute. Woo! <laughs> Make sure he puts that Rolex in his pocket. The Nature Boy's going to take on the entire NWO. If anyone can beat the NWO, it's the Nature Boy. Chops, low blows. And now Brett's recovered. And they're sending the NWO out of the ring. These two guys have just taken out seven men. Of course, last time we saw Bret Hart and Ric Flair in the same ring, they were wrestling each other. That sold out. Well, it looks like we've got an alliance here in WSW. Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Dan. What do you think of that? Wow. That's an, uh, an alliance I did. Well, if they get together with Luger and Sting, the WWE actually have a team that could maybe topple the NWO. Potentially, yeah. I know we've not really seen much of Ric Flair of late. Well, the Nature Boys out here are sending a message. And, oh, that's a nice handshake between the two men in the ring. Brett and Flair, that's a sign of respect. But just going back to uh, Brian Adams, we see him there, former crush. Last time we saw him in WWF, partly disciples, though. It's a kind of step up for it, isn't it, really? Well, you know, but who hasn't been a member yeah. of the NWO? Well, Adam signed with WCW, made his debut on the February 16th, night and episode of Nitro, which we're watching now, revealing himself to be the newest member of the NWO. Well, Adam's made his in-ring debut on the February 19th episode of Thunder in a tag team match with NWO teammate Kurt Hennig against Davey Boy Smith and Jim Neidhart, with the match resulting in a double disqualification. Well, up next, me and Gene with J.J. Dillon. J.J. calls out Booker, Martel and Saturn and we'll find out at Super And we find out at Super Bowl, it's going to be Booker versus, Booker versus Martel for the TV title and then the w- winner will face Saturn exa- uh, straight afterwards. <laughs> so our next match, Dan, <laughs> is, is a cracking little match. We've just seen Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero come into the ring They'll be going against Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. I mean, just look at the talent wow. in ring at this moment in time, Dan. You complained yeah. about match quality. What about now? 
I ain't going to complain about this. <laughs> two dads going against two alive. Well, two dads going against each other and two alive going mm-hmm. against each other. Eddie and Jericho have been teaming in recent weeks. And, of course, Ben Wilde's got his eyes on the US title, but friends with Malenko. And you see how the crowd reacts to this before. A huge main event of Hogan and Macho versus Sting and Luger. Both men exchanging really strong shots. Neither man getting uh, too much as of start. But as I say, that Eddie Guerrero is starting to take control on Chris Benoit. Now, I don't know how clever it is, though, Eddie chopping Benoit. You know he's going to respond. Benoit picks up Eddie. Gorilla press slam, showing his power. Oh, slams Guerrero. And Eddie looking to tag. He realised it was Malenko. And he goes straight to Jericho. And Jericho... <laughs> when he got, Jericho's stroking his hair and Chris Jericho loves wearing the cruiserweight title always wants to wear it around his waist yeah and Eddie's saying he got hurt there by Jericho Jericho tags in he'll show Benoit what for and the referee's saying look you still got a title belt around your waist mate can't have that it's part of his ring attire though what is that that's a tiny little belt and Jericho said alright let's take the title now we're going to see Benoit and Jericho oh a high back body drop there by Benoit though Benoit. Who tags in Malenko. Yeah, the Malenko will be looking to try and pull a victory against Jericho. Of course, Cruiserweight title. You know, uh, Jericho goes against Huvi Tude Mars versus title Super Bowl, but Malenko will be looking to fight maybe the challenge of that somewhere along down, somewhere along the line. And now Jericho quickly tags in Guerrero. This is just fantastic, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Uh, Eddie, Malenko ducks the clothesline. Eddie kind of roll him up. Tries to bounce him against the ropes, but... Eddie rolls through and then gets bounced throat first off the rope. Oh. Who knocks Jericho off <laughs> of the ring apron there. He was standing there posing to the crowd. Oh. Oh, and now he uh, kind of throws Jericho over, uh, throws, ben, uh, throws Guerrero over his shoulder. Guerrero bounces bum first off the top rope, lands on the outside, checking on his partner, Jericho. Well, they do care for each other. It's nice to see, you know, Eddie, of course. Got his own problems with family and Jericho there. Make sure he's all right. There's no problem. See, there's no problems between partners. Not having to go at him for knocking him off. He knows it was an accident. And now Eddie and Malenko tying up. And Benoit and Jericho having words. Ooh. Oh, one man flapjack there by Malenko on uh, to Guerrero. He quickly... Uh, oh, told you about those chops, Eddie. Benoit... <laughs> Oh, Ooh. Jericho comes in to save his partner, but he gets a chop to the chest for his trouble. Snap suplex there by Benoit. Oh, Benny though, clever, getting the foot on the bottom rope. And even telling the referee he's got his foot <laughs> on the bottom rope. Thumb to the eye there, reverses uh, momentum in Guerrero's favour. Irish whip attempt reversed. Guerrero slides between the legs, but gets caught by Benoit, who does oh. a deadlift German. Bridges out, goes for the cover, but Jericho comes in and sweeps Benoit's leg, and then he quickly tags in Malenko. <laughs> it's fucking You talk about you wanted quickness, you're getting it here, Eddie picked up. Oh, bang! Wheelbarrows, uh, Guerrero, <laughs> straight over, bounces head off the mat, and then bounces him backwards. And now he's got him. Is he going to try? It? No, he's going for the Boston Crab. Oh, is that calling out Jericho? I think it was. He was smirking whilst he did it. He wasn't smoking, James. He didn't have a cigarette in his gob. He just had a smile on his face. Well, Chris Jericho stopped it and Benoit followed him out. Now it's Malenko and Eddie in the ring. Oh, Malenko looking for a suplex, but Guerrero landed on his feet. Delivers oh. a suplex to Malenko. 
And that was beautiful. And Eddie now going up top. Looking for the frog splash. Hits it on Malenko. One, Benoit's up two. head oh. to the back of Guerrero. Who's going for the cover. Um, Benoit's going to get a tag in. Malenko now. Arm over to Guerrero. One, two. Oh. Jericho in to break up that pinfall attempt. Now Malenko with the right hands to Eddie. Using the tights there to throw Malenko into turnbuckle. Rolls over to tagging Jericho. He's up top. Oh, oh, delivers a missile drop kick to the shoulder of Malenko. And Jericho now picks up Malenko. Double underhook backbreaker. And now he's going to go for the walls of Jericho. Uh, going to go for the line tamer. Oh, he's got it. Oh. Oh, but Ben Mar was making his way into the ring. Guerrero spots that. Breaks the into Ben Mar. Oh. Eddie Guerrero comes flying off the top rope. Takes out Chris Ben Mar. Malenko, oh, went for the dropkick. Jericho caught himself on the ropes. Oh. Line tamer, no, turned. Rolls through, well, both men rolling through. And Malenko. Oh, gets a Texas cloverleaf locked in and Jericho tab, taps immediately. <laughs> Eddie's getting stopped by Benoit. Oh, my. Oh, Jericho's got to worry about his total defence. And look at Benoit and Malenko happy to win. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? A bloody improvement on the slow matches I've seen. That was just fast-paced action. All four men, quality performers in the ring. This is what they delivered. This is what the Cruiserweights delivered. You know, we've been focusing more on the main event kind of angles to it than we have the other matches. But this is what made Nitro so good. Because you had the main event factors and you could put in a tag team match of this quality and the fans would get into it no matter what. You know, even though they weren't treated level. I mean, it's a pleasure to watch. From 20 years ago, you know, Guerrero, Jericho, Malenko, Benoit, and consider the careers they would go on to have. I mean, because even Dean Malenko, you might say, oh, not had a great in-ring career, the great success in WSW, uh, and he's still a road agent now in WWE and still part of yeah. the, the show. So I think it was just great. But we do move on, and I don't know if the next tag team match in ring will be as good as the next one, but you can't say it's not great star power because it is... The NWO's leader, Hulk Hogan, with Macho Man going against Sting and Lex Luger. Nitro did have it all, i got to so, say. Basically, Hogan's going against two of his three... Well, he's teaming with yeah. one of his uh, rivalries. He's going against another of his rivalries, and another rivalry is one of Macho Man's rivalries. Yeah, exactly. So Macho's got two rivalries in this match. Yeah. So you just need Brett to come out and Macho to start with someone else. I mean, it's amazing to think how much Bischoff focused on himself. If it had just gave a little bit more to the talent rather than trying to get himself over. I know people could say, well, Mr. McMahon done that. But at the end of the day, it was all about getting someone else over it for him, wasn't it, with Mr. McMahon? Maybe oh, not yeah. nowadays, but with the Austin feud, it was always about Austin getting the, you know, the win at the end of the day. And what, what's Bischoff's point? Well, it was, yeah, you know, with uh, McMahon, I mean, aside from the time he run, won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, or the time he became ECW champion or WF champion. Exactly. Apart from them times, yeah. it was about putting other people over. Mm. So Michael Buff is doing interna- internationals, he is, Dan. He's doing the internationals, He's mate. international, yep. isn't it? <laughs> doing all the internationals. We need to smash manos. And the big ring announcement of Michael Buffer. Oh, my God, it started already. Well, Sting was on his way out. With Lex Luger. Yeah, and then Macho attacks from behind, and Hogan now attacking them from behind, and it's all kicked off. It's all kicked off. Yeah, as well. That's Super Bowl. Sting and Hogan will fight 
find out who will be the undisputed WWE champion. But they're starting it off six days early. Hogan beating the hell out of Sting at ringside. Throws him into the barricade. <clears throat> well, Hogan there dealing with one of his rivalries. With big right hands. Sting hasn't even got his trench coat off yet. On the other side, Luca Macho. Well, Hogan and Sting have managed to fight their way into the ring. And Hogan's still in full control of the Stinger. Irish whips him, follows up with a short arm clothesline. Well, Luger beating Macho on the outside. Sting reverses Hogan. Oh, Stinger line in the corner. <laughs> Well, will Sting be stung here tonight? He sent Hogan out the ring. And he's following after him. Well, Bischoff saying, oh, help. And Sting's going to hit anybody in sight. Luger and Macho in the ring. Hogan and Sting out the ring. And the police out there. All sorts going on at ringside. Liz running away from that. Well, Sting's finally got to his corner. Referee's got a little bit of control on this. Just a little bit. Just just a tiny little bit. Needs to get Hogan out, which is successful. Macho again spitting at Sting. I say again at Sting. Just spitting in general. In general? Macho saying to Hogan, come on, are you tag team here, brother or not? Brother. And now choking Luger. Well, Hogan makes his way up onto the apron now. But he doesn't look like in any fit shape to be tagged in just yet. Macho kicked to Luger. And now Macho, oh! Tags in Hogan with a the back. If he's saying that's legal, Hogan saying, what? What? No! What? No! What? No! Oh, you're going to get in the ring, brother. And now he's all oh, clothesline to Luger. Back of Luger's head. Hogan clotheslines Luger down, goes for the pin. Luger manages to kick out. Ah. And now Luger, Hogan, stumbling around. Luger got some separation tags in, Sting. And now Sting standing off with Hogan. One thing weird about Sting, it is just black, like, oh, here you go, Sting a splash. As I say, the outfit's just like black leotard, isn't it? Basic, no Sting logo or anything like that. But that's not important at this moment in time. The important thing is, Hogan just been taken down with a clothesline. Oh, Scorpion Deathlock. Hogan's looking to fight it, though. Gets him, Macho's in. Macho man's in and Luger's signalling. Why did Sting break the Scorpion death drop? No, no, Luger now. Torture rack. Oh, that's why. That's why he stopped it, because the NWO have entered the arena, Dan. The NWO. Yes. <laughs> Brian Adams, Kurt Henning. Choman and Hogan have finally got hands on each other, both choking each other out in the corner. Luger sends Adams to the outside. Bret Hart's out here. So it's Flair. Woo! Well, finally, we've seen a WCW that matters. Henning getting beaten up by Brett. That's payback from earlier. Turned upside down. And what a formidable team this would be as Brett's still playing around with Henning. <laughs> How many world championships have these guys got? Oh, exactly. Got. <laughs> Apart from Kurt Henning, yeah. The headbutts all sent out to the ring. My God, what a super team that is. Sting, Flair, Brett and Luger down. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, all hell broke loose, basically, didn't it? Really? They excite you, though, for the WCW product? Uh, yes. You know, they, they seem to have got some numbers on their side now, so they look to be fighting back against the formidable NWO. But I just think, in general... In general? That was a really good Nitro. 
Yeah, you know, there was uh, a lot of stories told. I think there was a few low points, but I think the highs probably outweighed the lows. Yeah, no, I like the... I know you didn't like it. I like the TV title match. Of course, that tag team match with the four talents, you know, there's four great men. I say four great men. Ben was involved in it. Yeah, I really liked Nitro this week. I thought it really pulled it out of the bag. Even though the main event, though... But then again, then again, even though it was a cheap finish for the main event... I give the devil its due. It built excitement, thinking maybe WWE's got a chance down the line. But when you think about it, it was that close towards Super Bowl and Sting and Hogan, I don't think it really brought home the fact of that. It felt more like there was going to be a multi-tag match coming soon, didn't it? You know, rather than a singles main event between the two. Yeah. I think that's fair to say? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's uh, you can feel it in the waters. Well, no, it's not, it's, it, didn't, it didn't do like a thing of Sting and Hogan face-to-face. Not right, Sunday, this is the important match. It was more like yeah. they had eyes and other things. Like I said, Hogan's three feuds that he's got and fucking Macho's two feuds. It's like, oh, yeah, this is still... But we're, we're doing other shit whilst we go. I think Nitro was... I don't, Yeah, I mean, that's all the Nitro we're going to watch until after Super Bowl. I enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah, it was yes, it I was think. entertaining to yes. say the least. It was okay. It was stuff there, like you said, more wins than losses. But now we move on to Raw. Well, when we last left it, WF had just introduced Mike Titan to the Attitude Era. Well, Iron Mike's announcement, he would be at WrestleMania 14, was somewhat overshadowed by Stone Cold sticking his finger in and ruining the day for Vince McMahon. Well, this leads us to... What would the fallout be to this? How would McMahon look to punish Austin? How would DX respond? Could the WWF overtake WCW in the ratings this month? Plus, plus... Plus, let's not forget, at the Rumble, Kane set the Untaker's casket light, which lists seemingly sending a dead man to always rest in peace. Well, let's find out. So, of course, we've got the five-point system in place. We're looking at roster. Rating. Promo. Matches. And setting. And then we give an, over- <coughs> and then we give an overall rating out of ten. Yeah. So, let's start Raw, episode 244, January 26th. So, we are a week after... To- so we are a week after Tyson and Austin, and we get a video to start the show recapping everything that happened last week. Iron Mike cheering on Austin at the Rumble. Then the next night, the Tyson-Austin altercation. I mean, yeah, that was a, what, I mean, what a segment. That is legendary, especially when it's 20 years ago. And they have made headlines a crowd. Well, Tyson doesn't want to be a ref at Mania. He wants Austin. And tonight we get an HBK announcement and Don King. Living in America. <laughs> Well, we're in, we're in Davis, California, JR, Michael Cole, and Kevin Kelly on commentary. And here's the first match. And it is Shamrock versus Mark Henry. Yeah, we saw last month Mark turn on Ken. Nation. We see a problem with the nation coming to the ring. And what is this problem with this picture, Dan? As we see, they're all coming in. We've got Karma, D-Lo, The Rock, Mark Henry. Well, Farouk is in the background. He's not leading out the nation. No, I think The Rock... Wants to be the lead, and we see the nation coming out here trying to dominate sports entertainment in 1998. 
And um, like we said, we're going to focus on a few things. Of course, the Austin McMahon feud. But like the rise of The Rock at the moment, the Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> he's trying to get into the middle. <laughs> he's in the middle there. Farouk's basically pushing him out of his way. The Rock has taken a stand back. He's <laughs> not even raising his hand as part of the nation salute either. No. <clears throat> well, uh, no way out. It's going to be the nation versus Ahmed Johnson, Eight Ball Skull, Chains and Shamrock in a war of attrition. Oh, and Skull, so I always forget about him. And uh, talk to this crush. We've seen Brian Adams making his WCW debut now and signing the contract. That's why he's not part of the Disciples of Apocalypse. So we're just going to watch this match because I really like Shamrock, you know, especially back in the day. I think they could have done a lot more with him. Of course, we've got the walking wounded in Ahmed Johnson coming to the ring with more badges and a mummy. But, uh, I, I've, you know, with Shamrock, I think his look as well was, was a character that. They've not really done that much of in wrestling, have they? You know, we had that Kurt Angle extreme type of hardcore wrestler we joined uh, ECW. We tried it with Lesnar a little bit, but I think Shamrock could have really uh, pulled it off well, especially with his like UFC influences. Yeah, most definitely. And Shamrock looks to get out of the gate quickly, attacking Mark Henry while his back was turned and he was talking to the rest of the nation, getting some tips on how to beat Ken Shamrock and... Uh, well, he come unstuck quite quickly as Mark Henry just ran through him and he's dropped him throat first on the top rope. Yeah, and Shamrock came. Shamrock was unlucky at the Royal Rumble as well, wasn't he? Where he looked to have beaten the Rock cleanly if it weren't for the brass knucks that the Rock had used putting in Shamrock's tights. Whereas with Mark Henry, you know, he signed for the WF back in 1996. He was an Olympic power lifter. And that kind of babyface thing didn't really work out for him. And joining the nation, I think... Um, it gave him that experience, didn't it? He wasn't like the focal point of the group. He could have matches like this and yeah, he was a little bit green, but I think the nation kind of helped him out and that attitude, even with last year joining the nation like he did, Rocky Maivia slowly fading away and now we're getting the uh, people's champion slowly but surely. Don't call me Shirley, but yes, that is how it's looking. And now we've got Mark Henry getting Ken Shamrock in a bear hug. It's, that's the thing with bigger guys, they like to... Utilise the bear hug as part of their record. <laughs> yeah, they always, it's always a slow moves. We have got, talking about big guys using horrible moves, we've got Kurgan later on, of course, uses the dreaded claw, but we get on to that. It's, like you said, it, it's basic power for Mark Henry, but as long as uh, the guys send it well, I think Mark Henry does look impressive in this weird way, even though he's not doing a lot. It's down to Shamrock, really, trying to you know sell the move itself. And Amber Johnson at ringside trying to get Shamrock back into this. Well, again, he goes for the bear hug. Ken Shamrock's trying with the palm strikes to get his way out of it. But uh, <clears throat> I don't think that's going to loosen the big man's grip. No. Yeah, I mean, it, we're looking at this at this moment in time. This is our first episode of Raw. But already, already the asset, I can't say that word. Already the kind of the look of it, I think, is a bit more duller than Nitro. I don't know why, but I think Nitro seems a bit clearer with this yeah. picture. I don't know if it is just a picture or what it is, but you know what I mean by that, don't you? It's kind yeah. of... Yeah, with the camera quality and, I don't know, just like the setting. Mm. It seems to be focused on everything around the ring as well as what's going on in the ring where Nitro was focused more on what was happening in the ring. Oh, and now Shamrock's got out of the bear hug, working away with the kicks to Mark Henry. Using his UFC style, trying to chop the big tree down, spinning heel kick, does it? And now the world's most dangerous man. Shouting instructions at Mark Henry. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's just really angry at this point in time. Henry up to his feet, 
misses wildly with a big right hand. Oh. Belly to belly suplex by Shamrock. I think this is it. Oh. He looks set to finish it, but the nation and uh, the eight, uh, eight ball and skull and chains and Ahmed Johnson swarm the ring and it just breaks down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ken Shamrock and his mates come into... Or, Ken Shamrock's mates come into the ring, clear the nation out. Yeah, DOA and uh, Ahmed and Ken, they've, uh, they're standing tall at the end of this. I don't think Ahmed's standing tall. I think he's uh, kind of perched in a corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Shamrock, think, uh, Shamrock does win facts of disqualification. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, it looks set to be a half-decent match, to be honest. And then... Oh, hell breaks loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that is just a taste of uh, things to come for Lee, this group, you know, these 10 men here. Uh, up next, we see, we get exclusive footage from the Rumble, but before that, a recap of Kane. And it's everything we've seen on the podcast, basically. Yeah, so Kane's debut coming out of Hell in a Cell and then putting the Untaker away. And of course, at Rumble, we talked about the casket being a light, and this is on the Coliseum home video release. And we are seeing it on Raw now because we thought the Undertaker was dead after this. We we we, we truly we did. We thought he'd been burnt yeah. alive. But you see, the staff, backstage staff, trying to beat it with uh, hammers and mat hooks, and they get the locks off. They manage to get the locks off. The casket's smoking, and there's nothing inside. Oh my word! So the Undertaker is somewhere, but he's definitely not in the casket. Okay. Um, well, last week, Kane and Bear is a taker is never coming back. And also last week, HBK dressed up like the dead man. Yeah, which I thought is one of these moments that, you know, people might not remember anything like that. But oh, that's weird they did that. Anyway, next match, Cornette's NWA buddies, Jarrett Wyndham versus LOD. Hawk still has half a Hawk. And I noticed a double scratch logo in the corner. So they've, they've changed now to the kind of proper attitude era unbelievably Wyndham pins animal thanks to a tennis racket an actual racket not a wrestler called the tennis racket <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good point. I mean we, there might be a wrestler called the tennis racket before I don't know but well they show us Austin versus Tyson again that's probably about the third time tonight and then Triple H talks shit about Owen so we're backstage with China HBK and Triple H well Hunter says Owen is a piece of shit and needs to be flushed away down south yeah, to basically WCW. But WWE wouldn't release him, which is even funnier then, isn't it? Because, you know, you're just having a go up on your wrestlers. Shawn Michaels said he's been carrying the WWF for years. And Austin is an embarrassment. Well, HBK well, HBK says at Mania he won't wrestle Austin and to let Tyson get his hands on him instead. Yeah, so they have a backstage room. What's Triple H actually wearing? Uh, this is what just, a t- just a towel. <clears throat> I used to think Triple H was crazy, but now I can see he's nuts. What can he contribute, though, to WrestleMania? So he's wearing a jeans and a jacket and what to do. What's that underneath his jacket? Oh, wait a minute. That referee's T-shirt. China's having a word in his ear. Yeah, you see the boom. (laughs) (laughs) The production value is not on the level of WCW at this moment in time, I don't feel. And there he is again. Okay, so Michaels wants to be referee, and he's been really unselfish here, isn't he? Letting Tyson and Austin have a match. There is no other, you know, interior motive to it, is it really? No, no. no. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> He's just being a degenerate. Bless him. <laughs> oh, no, I, I think there's an underlying thing of Michaels not wanting to defend and worried about Steve Austin losing the WF Championship as well. So maybe Michaels is, like you said, being degenerate, but maybe not being genuine here. And look at those both. Look at these two men just smirking. Well, look at the way Triple H is looking at Shawn Michaels. And they're not smirking. They haven't got cigarettes in their gob, James. They've just got a smile on their face. Triple H is looking at Shawn Michaels the way I look at you sometimes. And I'm just like, wow, what a guy. (laughs) Uh, But remember what Triple H did. That's all I was (laughs) Which time? Exactly, exactly. Well, anyway, next up we get a Rumble rematch. Yes, and it's the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Or T-A-F-K-A-G versus Vader. Yep. Goldust is dressed as Vader, so it's T-A-F-K-A-G-D-A-V. And Luna is dressed like Vader. And yep. Vader is dressed like Vader. <laughs> right, well. So it's everyone's dressed like Vader Day. Right, okay. So I guess it's time then to... <laughs> it is time, it's time, it's the free Vader time. Oh, hang on a minute. So, yeah, we are going to watch the end of uh, Vader versus the artist formerly known as Vader with Vader Luna at ringside. Vader for Sean. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's made very easy work of the artist formerly known as Goldust dressed as Vader. And this is going to be over in no time at all. Well, no Vader time at all. He's going up. Vader dust time. Oh. Oh, Vader bomb. Well, that will do it. Oh. The lights have gone out. I think they haven't paid their electricity bill. <laughs> oh, I, I can't commentary because it's like, oh my god, oh my god, it's Kane. Yeah, Jr. says Kane is the most dominant force in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, and what a statement that is to try and put Kane over. And this is why the Kane character works so well because he was tough as nails. He's coming out here now after destroying his brother, and he's going to go head to head. With Vader, a man who we know how tough he is in his past. And for credit to Vader, he's not backing up. Well, he's blocked two of Kane's shots and he's hitting Kane with a couple of lefts and rights of his own. <laughs> Go on, Vader. Or maybe Vader bomb. No. Oh, and he tombstones Kane on his forehead. Oh, my God. Vader has planted Kane. And he's taken out Oh, Goldust coming back in the ring. Kane immediately back up to his feet. Oh, my word. And this is how you deliver a... Oh, no. Yeah, help him, help him. He does. Kane's got Vader. Tombstone. Well, well, well. Kane is the dominant force. He's just come out here and crushed Vader. Kane can do what he wants. Are you impressed by this feat of strength from the big red machine? I would be even more impressed if Kane came out dressed as Vader. <laughs> then that would complement everything. And then Bearer could come out with a Vader uh, mask on exactly. as well. All right, so it is the start of... Oh, no, sorry. We see Foley and Funk in the ring earlier in the day. Chat and discuss which personality is best, Cactus or Chainsaw Charlie. Well, that would be a long discussion we could have over that. Yes, but let's not. <laughs> I'm going to say Cactus. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say Cactus as well. Okay, so then we move on to the war zone, the second hour of Monday Night Raw. King joins JR and Colin Kelly fuck off. We get New Age Outlaws versus Cactus and Chainsaw Charlie. We see the outside, uh, the Outlaws wearing catches gears with masks to the ring for protection. Yes, uh, the match starts off fast with Cactus superplexing... Uh, <coughs> the, match su- the match starts off fast with Cactus 
suplexing Billy on the steel ramp. Funk takes control, but Billy cheap shots him. And the road dog wearing a protective cup. Yeah, and the New Age Outlaws are working on Funk. Well, at no way out, Funk and Foley team with Owen and Austin to take on DX and the New Age Outlaws. Well, Cactus gets a hot tag and he's in now going straight after the road dog. And those piston fire right hands in the corner. And Billy's out with Cactus stopping him. He's going to Irish rip it to Road Dog. Oh! Double arm DDT. It's a badass Billy Gunn. That's but got Road Dog's up oh. top. Drops a double. S- oh! Okay, <laughs> now Chainsaw Charlie throws chairs into the ring. <laughs> well, Road Dog broke up the pillar. Now Funk is breaking up this match, throwing chairs in. There's a third. I don't know if Billy and Road Dog know what. The, the, I don't think the crazy man knows what he's doing himself. No. Oh, that one missed. Oh, Billy thrown out of the ring by Cactus. Oh, Road Dog looking to ram a steel chair into Cactus Jack's face. <laughs> but Cactus puts the foot up and it goes straight into Road Dog's face. The chair. <laughs> yeah. And now the ring is littered with chairs and Cactus is grabbing inside Road Dog's pants. Pulls a protective <laughs> cup out. Gives him a kick down below. <laughs> Referees trying to stop Chase or Charlie and Billy Gunn. Oh, and a few unprotected chair shots there. Delivered one on the outside from Chainsaw Charlie to Billy Gunn. One on the inside for Cactus Jack to Road Dog, And then he jumps off the ring apron and drops a chair straight to the heart of uh, the badass Billy Gunn. And, oh my God. And then rather than go for the pin on Road Dog, he went outside to hurt Billy Gunn. And now he's got the mandible claw in Jimmy, Conde- Con- Jimmy Condera as the referee. Cactus and Chainsaw have lost their shit here tonight. Another chair gets thrown in. And they're just beating the road dog with chairs. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we've seen a little bit of everything. And Warzone sometimes get a little bit more hardcore. Hour off. And yet another match finished by disqualification. Yep. And they're dragging road dog to a corner. Laying some chairs on top of him. Well, how many chairs have got them? Three chairs now. And where the hell is Chainsaw Charlie going? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no. It's not good. This guy is like a 60-year-old man. Oh, <laughs> why? Because <laughs> he's crazy. Moon salt on the chairs. He's taken himself out. Cactus is the only man left standing here. <laughs> <laughs> bang bang, indeed. Wow. What did you figure out, Dan? I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> I loved it. I love seeing old man doing moon salts off of the top. Well, that's, that's definitely what we got there. And uh, the protective cup, road dog, any gear that they had to save themselves didn't help it. Didn't help them at all in this one. Um, <laughs> but it's just it's something that we haven't seen over on Nitro. That kind of hardcore style that they've kind of brought here on Raw. Anyway, after this, after this, we get a video on Taka Mishinoku, and WWF did try with cruiserweights. Bless them. <laughs> Called them light heavyweights with Taka leading the charge. Yeah, so we'll see if that's successful at all. We see the Honky Tonk Man in the ring. He sure is cool, cocky, and bad. He definitely is bad. Yeah, he is. <laughs> that's what we can agree on. And he's the ring announcer for the next match, which is Brian Christopher versus Pantera. Yeah, Mysterio versus Jericho, it's not. No. And JR mocks the king that Brian is his son. Yeah. Well, the winner of this match will face Takamichinoko for the Light Overweight Championship at No Way Out. Yes, and Pantera outfit makes me think if a zebra and a cow got fucked up, 
That would be what it looked like. Yeah, no, I can understand exactly what you're saying there. It's got the stripes, it's got the patches, <laughs> yep. it's a bit... It's a bit all over the place, yeah. isn't it? Uh, nice move by Pantera. Handspring gets caught into Sunset Flip to the outside. Uh, at least Jerry is still happy and he's going to raise the arm of the winner. Yeah, sorry. Look, there you go. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Jerry is happy. Even though it's not his son, he wants to see Brian Christopher get the win. Christopher going to the top for the leg drop. Hey, that is his son, though. Yeah, it is. Oh, but King said he couldn't have a son <laughs> that old. Christopher missed the leg drop. Oh. His shoulders weren't even down on the mat. Well, Pantera's got the pin on Christopher. <laughs> what about that for a visual for Brian Christopher? Wow. Oh, my. And the King's not happy either. Well, there's Honky Tonk Man, but Pantera's shocked the world here. And, and uh, Isn't that Honky Tonk Man's it's, nephew? It is a family affair, Dan. You're right, yeah. yeah. King and Honky related, so, of course, Brian Christopher. But the King now said he's going to go and... You know, shake the hand, raise the hand of the winner. He's got to go in there with Pantera. I know Brian Christopher's angry. <laughs> He's so angry, he kicks the stairs and hurts his foot. Well, the King's got to be disappointed in his son. Uh, Brian Christopher in this one. There you go. Well, at least the King's doing what he said he was going to do. He's going to raise the hand of the victor. Yeah. Oh, well, Pantera certainly doesn't trust Jerry the King. Who would? I, I definitely wouldn't, but he's offering a hand. Come on, Pantera. Oh, that's a nice handshake. Oh. Kick to the midsection and uppercut. <laughs> and he walks away <laughs> laughing. So a commentator has just laid out a light heavyweight division. Contender for the light heavyweight title, thank you very much. And the king, look at how happy he is with himself. Oh, I think that's quite good stuff. Anyway, up next. Uh, up next. The Headbangers versus the Quebecers. <laughs> and that is Jacques and Pierre. Well, Jacques, back in the day, used to team up with Ray Rougeau as the Rougeau brothers. And weirdly, because Ray Rougeau is actually on French commentary right now. <laughs> so, the, 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 the pair of brothers are there. Well, one-eyed Pierre had a great match. Had a great people. <coughs> one-eyed Pierre had a great match on pay-per-view against Brett a couple of years previously. Yeah, and I think we have actually seen that on the podcast as well. Um, the Quebecers were in control and a double team. Uh, out of nowhere, not like an RKO, but <laughs> Mosh rolls up Pierre for the pin. Well, the commentators do not know which one was Mosh and which one was Frasher. Well, Mosh was destroyed by the Quebecers after. Yeah, so up next it is the European title on the line, Triple H versus Owen Hart. Uh, we see a WrestleMania. So, uh, we, well, WrestleMania, Dan, is just nine weeks away now, WrestleMania 14. So, of course, we get a load of WrestleMania adverts. Yes. Uh, w did... Did this well, like they still do now. So, here we go. Here comes H versus Owen Hart. It's a match we've been dying to see for a very long time. Owen wants to get some revenge on DX. And I'm sure he will here tonight. Wait a minute. Triple H's nose <laughs> looks a slight bit bigger. Yeah. Well, there's China there with the European title behind him. And that's that's tri- Triple H. you telling me that's not Hunter Hearst Helmsley? No. No? Well, that's definitely China, though, isn't it? That is definitely China. That's definitely China coming out with that stoic look. Triple H, and who the hell is this mystery man? So the European title apparently going to be on the line, but it's not Triple H. It is, well, would it be Hunter Dust? Hunter Dust, yes. Hunter Dust. Uh, <laughs> China for Sean. <laughs> Jeez, I'll tell you what, they've just dressed up a lot nowadays. Um, <laughs> well, look, Luna does China well, I will say. Hair comes off uh, Hunter and he beats up Owen Hart. So Triple H has lost his hair. Yes, Owen tries to make a comeback. 
But then Goldust, or Hunter Dust Sleeper, then works on the leg. Yeah, Owen makes another comeback. Yeah, and the Insiguri knocked his nose off, so Hunter lost his bloody nose as well. Yes, bloody hell. Well, Luna with a crutch to Owen's back. Well, Hunter, du- Hunter Dust tries pedigree, but Owen turns it into the match-winning sharpshooter. So then after the match, there we go. There's Triple H on the backstage with Triple, uh, Shawn Michaels in China saying, what a dumb piece of shit you are for beating Hunter Dust that wasn't really me. We got one over you and you yet again. Yellow chairs I put down because they've all got yellow chairs, even the commentary. Look, look how many yellow chairs they've got in the building right now. Yellow chairs. <laughs> yellow chairs. <laughs> so Sergeant Thought's got the mic. They go from like, yeah, fucking around to, what, no, throwing away yellow chairs. So what do you think of that then, Dan? Sergeant Slaughter's awarded the European title to Owen Hart. Well, Slaughter certainly has screwed DX. Well, unbelievable. But if you look at the record books, though, Owen Hart did beat Triple H. So it's come back to bite him, hasn't it? You know, these kind of uh, fun and games, not taking competition seriously. We have a new European champion in Owen Hart. Right, we see Austin versus Tyson again. They show the whole segment yet again. Again? Yes, and now it's the end of Monday Night Raw, and we're going to hear from Don King. I think Don King forgot what he was saying halfway through that, didn't he? I don't think he has any idea what he's saying. I think he missed all that then. So Tyson can't fight thanks to the Nevada State Commission, but he will be at WrestleMania in some way. The moment all the fans have been waiting for, Steve Austin's coming out here. Strong comments indeed by Stone Cold Steve Austin. He wants Mike Tyson's ass. Would he get it? We just don't know. Uh, so they are really promoting heavily, aren't they, the Tyson-Austin thing, Dan? Yes, they uh, <coughs> They certainly are. Uh, well, it's the two main attractions for WrestleMania. So, uh, yeah, you know, why not promote? Yeah, I mean, does it get you excited, though, Tyson and Austin maybe getting, maybe getting face-to-face? Oh, most definitely, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, Toughest man in wrestling right now, and it is the toughest man in boxing right now, so it would be a match made in heaven. Yeah. So we move on to our next episode, Raw 245, February 2nd. Fireworks, and we are in Indianapolis, Indiana. We start the show with the infamous DX President speech. We are told by the commentary team of J.R. Cole and Kelly that WrestleMania sold out in 90 seconds. That have come out here on a presidential, compli- on a presidential campaign... Balloons coming from the uh, ceiling, red, white, and blue, of course, and Michaels and Hunter dressed up. Damn fight. Oh. Uh-oh. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Party games are over. Oh, I think DX want them to let him fight. <laughs> but Stone Cold doesn't need to be told when to fight. No. He always wants to fight. Oh, look at this face-off. That is very true. Yes, and Michaels has not moved at all since Austin got in the ring. I think he's fallen asleep. They've both done the Hulk Hogan <laughs> shirt rip. Come on, uh, Triple H, yeah. your turn. Then China. China. Oh, oh, no, China. Oh, no, you leave yeah, it on, yeah. love. Austin looks in fucking good shape. He does, he fair. does, yeah. Look, I know DX have done a lot of wrong, and they aren't the NWO, but they did make Austin look like a legitimate threat there, something that the NWO have failed to do with Sting. You know, all that fun and games we've seen with Michaels and Triple H, it was it was serious as you can get there, wasn't it, Dan? It you know? was indeed, yeah. You know, the, the stare off, the way those all surrounded him. They didn't attack him out of their own, you know, they, yeah. they feared for their own safety. Exactly. And, yeah, you know, it was 
the perfect way of building up the heat between these two guys yeah. as well. No, I, I think, yeah, ex- exactly that. Uh, we move on. Our first match is Hardcore Rules, and it's Cactus versus Funk. <laughs> well, if uh, we mention Hardcore, the first two names that come to mind certainly are Cactus Jack and Terry Funk. Yeah. And we see both men earlier with JR, and they say it's all about competition. Yeah, well, Funk wants to be Hardcore legend here. They want to prove who is the biggest hardcore legend of all time. They're going to have a fight. Yes, and uh, Chainsaw Charlie brought a garbage can, but Cactus brought a dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. They're both fighting. You see the dumpster that Cactus brought, and he's thrown like a... I think it's a black sack to the bunk- back of Funk's head. This was not as neat as tidy as it was against the New Age Outlaws last week, so that's why we're watching towards the end. And they're both men in precarious position here. Yes, you got Cactus Jack wailing away on Chainsaw Charlie's head. Double arm DDT. Oh! Folds up Chainsaw Charlie with a double arm DDT. Oh, Terry Funk might have broke his neck. Cactus cover. Oh! Charlie managing to kick out. Oh. You can see the scorch marks where the pyros (laughs) have burned the floor. And it's just blank black curtains, isn't it, as well? There's nothing like there is nowadays. Cactus got a ladder. Drops it. And himself onto Chainsaw Charlie. And that might have broke a couple of bones in uh, Chainsaw's body. He, does, uh, he doesn't care about broken bones, though. He's broken bones, separations. Damn near broke my neck, but he still got up. And now ladder's on the still ramp. It looks like Cactus is going to suplex Charlie. Oh, Charlie rolls him up, though. Turns it into a pin, but both men go rolling <laughs> down the rampway towards the ring. <laughs> Yeah, uh, unfortunately, those were two shit wrestlers. This is <laughs> two yeah. hardcore legends. Exactly. Former NWA champion Terry Funk rolling down to the <laughs> former heavyweight champion yeah. Cactus Jack. Oh, and now Funk's going to go into his uh, bag of tricks. Oh, but Cactus has got the uh, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the way he sells it's brilliant. Oh, uh, Charlie just stumbling around the ring. Second shot to the face. And he stumbles out of the ring. <laughs> You've got a chainsaw laying on the ring apron there. I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. Well, I think if you're Charlie, you could use it. And I think, you know, get a victory easy way. You know, chop off someone's legs, maybe. You can't get a kick out. Ah, or chop off their arms. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's even better. Yeah, sorry. Chop get, off keep their the shoulders, shoulders down. Put yeah. Uh oh. He's going to put Charlie out of his misery with a trash can. He's giving it to Charlie and. Not with the trash can. He's handing it over to him, and he said, "Look, you hit me. All's fair in uh, trash cans." Yeah, I think it's it. And now comes Charlie, gonna running start. He can't do it. Well, Texas f- is begging him to do it. It's like father and son relationship. Oh! <laughs> and then Cactus turns his back on Charlie, and he gets hit three times, <laughs> and then he just throws it at his face. <laughs> and then drops the trash can and all his weight onto the back of the head of Cactus Jack. Uh, <laughs> this is mental. These are two crazy SOBs. Cactus cutting off Chainsaw Charlie, though. Elbow to the back of the head, and now Cactus has got the trash can. Oh, no. Places it over Charlie. <laughs> if you've just tuned into Raw, as much, you're probably thinking, what is going on? What the hell is he doing? Trash can on his head. Oh, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what was that? 
I think it was an attempt at a seated pile driver there with the trash can on Chainsaw Charlie's head. I think it just jammed him further into the trash can, maybe hurt his shoulders. But uh, Oh, my God. And we go to a break. We come back and incredibly, Chainsaw Charlie's back to his feet. Yes, and he's got the ladder over his shoulders and he's spinning around taking <laughs> Cactus Jack out with it. Oh. And then he just drops it unceremoniously onto the back of Cactus. Oh, my word. Now the, uh, the dumps to get moved, so I think Funk can get the chair. You can hear the impact there. Well, Charlie's getting a table. Oh, now both men on the table, on that steel ramp. Oh, dear. And Funk might be going for power drop. And Cactus now going up the ladder. It's miles away from where Chainsaw Charlie is, though. Oh, he's using the ladder to go up onto this uh, stage structure. And Chainsaw Charlie... Cactus now. Bang, bang, indeed. No! Oh! Drops the elbow into it onto Chainsaw Charlie. And the referee now check and make sure what's going on. Oh, no. It's the New Age Outlaws out here. They close the lid of the bin. And what the hell? It, Terry Funk and Chainsaw there. We saw the hardcore match these two teams had last week. Hellacious it was. But now they're tying up the dumpster. And what are they going to do? Take it, take them away with them? Yeah, there you go. Roldog, well, Roadog and Billy Gunn might be rolling it down to the ring. No. They're looking around the staging area. They're not going to drop it down there, are they? No, Surely. no. Don't call me Shirley. No, they can't. That's, that's beyond sick. Well, that side. Well, well where's the... got options where to go. Well, where's the referees? Where's the officials? Why aren't people stopping this? Roadog has got a dumpster. So is Billy Gunn. And where the hell are they going? No. Oh! <laughs> wow, I'd hate to have been in that dumpster as he got in the area. Oh my god, Cactus and Charlie were inside there. And Rodog and Billy just threw them off the side of the stage. What, 15 foot drop there? At least 30 feet. Oh my god. And now here come the officials and here come the wrestlers. Well, Cactus and Charlie may be dead. Is that marvellous Mark Merrow? Yep, that Mark Merrow helping out. Headbangers there. Sonny's in bits. Flash Funk. Oh, my God. Even the headbangers are there. Everyone's showing concern. Even the NWA guys like Barry Windham. Sergeant S. Laughter. And what have the outlaws just done? They could have killed these two men. And Owen Hart looking there going, fucking hell. Hope that never happens to me. I hope I don't go for a big fall. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I fucking love it. <laughs> it's weird you say that. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so for the next 15 minutes or so, uh, it is all about the safety and concern of Cactus and Chainsaw. We see them being stretched away. I mean, look at the state of Sunny there in absolute tears as the ambulance drives away. I'm sure someone's going to be there to console her. Well, <laughs> yeah. And now the ambulance just trying to get out of here. Of course, Cactus and Chainsaw. And, uh, I mean, shocking moments here on Monday Night Raw. It's a moment that will be remembered for a very long time. What moment? So it's the start of Warzone. And Billy's back out, but he sold sold shock well. Yes, King joins JR and Cole and Kelly both did. Well, they must have shown the dumpster clip about 100 times times at this moment and we see Billy Gunn look at him look at how shocked they are remember that the show goes on and people are having a go at Billy and Road Dog and DX say no this is what you have to do if you want to win the ratings 
And we've uh, we've got another dumpster going over. But anyway, so the king has lost the words, and we get a JR serious face. No, it's not. It's not a serious face, James. He has Bell's palsy. Well, here comes Owen. Owen sends outlaws to the outside. Yeah, and he's in control early. Yes, but Billy shows spirit. He does indeed. No one puts a sharpshooter on, come down to beat him up five on one. Yes, Triple H DDT's Owen on the still entrance ramp. Yeah, and now here they go. They're taking Owen away. It wasn't a bad match, but what are they going to do with Owen Hart now? You know, no way out. We're going to have Owen, Austin... Cactus and uh, Charlie versus DX and Outlaws. At the moment, Ooh. Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus are what, out of commission and own heart. And what the hell are they going to do own heart now? Michaels wants to raise the bar. What would they possibly do to own heart? They can't buy his legs and his arms. A leg and a wing to see the king. No, no. They're going to swing him. They're going to swing him into the crowd. You can't do this. You can't swing Owen into the crowd. No, don't. Oh, thank oh. God. Oh, that was going to be horrible for Owen Hart then. God, yes. thank God. At least he'd avoid all sorts of accidents like that, Dan. I'm pleased. But Indeed, I mean, yeah. The sick nature of DX there. It's just unbelievable, isn't it, to see that. What they were going to do with Owen Hart. I mean, it's crazy seeing one man going off into the hospital. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on DX? Um, well, you know, they seem ruthless but at times, but then they seem like, you know, they, they like to have a laugh. Yeah, I know. This is yeah. what comedy characters should be, you know, ruthless when they need to be, but able to have a laugh. I mean, you know, you've got the brilliance in performance from Shawn Michaels. I think Billy Gunn was a brilliant wrestler in his time. Yes, yeah, uh, I really like Billy Gunn, yeah. The Road Dog, you know, I wasn't too struck on him with Triple H, you know, he pulls it out of the bag, he's got his longevity. So, you know, there was all great performers when they needed to be, but they could have a laugh, they could be serious. You know, there was all sides of of the dice. Yeah, you know? and, I, and I think this is what Triple H, uh, Triple H, I think it's what Shawn Michaels is trying to teach Billy Gunn and Road Dogg and saying, like, look, we're not going to be around forever. We need these guys to, you know, take the ball by the horn, so to speak, and do shock TV. But didn't Shawn Michaels and Triple H both last longer than the New Age Outlaws? Yes, but we'll get into that on another podcast. Yes, <laughs> Well, they showed a dumpster clip yet again. And they showed a dumpster clip yet again. Yeah. Well, Cole is at the hospital. Yeah, and he's, we're trying to get an update uh, on uh, Cactus and Charlie. And what I noticed is WF tells stories, even if the matches aren't good or as star-studded. You know, they've still got a point they want to get across and they hit all their marks. Yes, and uh, Cole is on the phone. Medic's working on them. Hopefully, we'll get an update later. Oh, not again. Fucking updates. We had to wait a month for the giant. Oh, God. Well, well Mosh... Oh, gone. Uh, well, Mosh is in action next, and he brings Fresh out with him, going against Mark Merrow. Yeah, the artist formerly known as Goldust comes out dressed as Marilyn Manson. So, it's T-A-F-K-A-G-D-A-M-M. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a five-minute match. Yes, Goldust gets on the apron. Mosh bumped him off. Goldust gets on the apron. Mosh bummed him off. When he hit him with his bum, yeah. Uh, allowing Merrow to hit a low blow for the win. Merrow and Dust both celebrate together. Yeah, backstage, Wyndham, Jar- <clears throat> backstage, Wyndham Jarrett, Rock and Roll Express and Cornette. JR asks him, why don't you face Bradshaw? Oh, hang on, we've got to go back to this promo. Yeah, so JR's asking him, uh, why don't you face Bradshaw? And here's the... Uh, 
Well, I thought Ray Trailer's program was bad. <laughs> I apologise to him now on Nitro. <laughs> I mean, how fucking 70s is this right here? It's crazy, isn't it? It is very 70s, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is going to be former tag team partner going against him next. Uh, we see a Tiger Ali Singh video. He's debuting soon. Yes, he never had a WWF pay-per-view match apart from one at Capital Carnage in England. Yeah, so Tiger Ali Singh did not become the success everybody thought he would. Um, next match is Farouk with Nation versus Chains. Absolutely awful match. Oh, it was fucking disgusting. Carl uh, Max accidentally grabs Farouk's leg, which distracts him. He went to the outside and he got counted out. Yes, and Karma and Farouk nearly came to blows. Yes, yeah, so they nearly come to blows here. Karma is not happy. It was an accident, you see. Farouk gets counted out. <laughs> Karma trying to get for Farouk. I mean, the nation, how strong it was now, has basically fallen apart. They have indeed, yes. And now the Rock trying to get involved. Farouk's had enough. He's thinking, oh, what the fuck is this? Bam! <laughs> yeah, exactly, getting out of there. Bradshaw found a partner, and it's Flash Funk Dan. Yes, he is so... Funky. He really is. Luckily, it's not a long match. No, Funk got taken out by the NWA, so Bradshaw had to win it himself with a double with a clothesline. Not yet in hell to pin J A double R E double T. Cone on the phone. Police is at the hospital. Police are at the hospital. Situation is situation. grave. The situation is grave, Dan. Are they dead? Are they dead? We we just don't know. We don't know. But there's eight weeks. Eight. There's eight weeks till Mania. So hopefully we find out before WrestleMania. Yes. Um, press conference February fifth is ESPN. Others will be covering it. It'll be Tyson, Austin, Michaels, and a bit like that as well. Uh, so we see Wink Collins in the ring. Ten us Mania sold out in ninety seconds. It is the quickest sellout in history. Yes, right. then Kane comes out and actually thought he would tombstone Wink. Yeah, so look, I'll just show you Wink quickly. I didn't want to, but he's a, he's a wink and a nod at Wink. He looks like a winker. I would want him to be tombstoned. Wink Collins. Yes, unfortunately he didn't. So Kane came out and he looked like he was going to hurt him, but then Vader came to stop him. So Vader wants Kane at no way out. I mean, can he put out the Kane fire? <gasps> oh, wait a minute. Fade's got a fire extinguisher. <laughs> the dreaded fire extinguisher to the face. Oh, my God. Well, I think the fire extinguisher is about 20 years too late, isn't it? <laughs> but... It is indeed. Kane is not backing down from Vader. <laughs> Bearer gets covered in the white goodness as well. <laughs> oh, my God. Vader is not backing down from Kane. Oh, might have gone into his good eye. Dun, 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 dun. Paul Bear is managing to restrain Kane. He is. Okay, so now we move on to our main event, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know. It's time. So Billy's still coming out here talking smack after the heinous actions of earlier tonight, Dan. You know, throwing Cactus and Charlie off the stage, trying to throw Owen off the stage as well. Oh, here comes Austin. <laughs> Straight for badass Billy Gunn <laughs> takes him out with a clothesline. Oh, right to Road Dog's mid section. Throws him into barricade. Oh, and Road Dog. <laughs> oh, wait. He was beating down Road Dog and Michaels and Triple H are out here. This is disgusting. 
Oh my god, this match is not even going to get started. I mean, what the fuck? This is just an all-out assault, 4-1. Owen can't help because he got hurt early and the other two tag team partners are out. And maybe this is what Michaels wants on the road to WrestleMania. Back in terms of beating down the redneck, tying his arms up in the ropes. Well, the bell rings, but this is not going to help anyone. Austin, yeah, he's stuck. The outlaw's got hold of his legs. And now what's Michael's going to do? <laughs> oh, look at how furious Austin looks. <laughs> he looks pissed off. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Cactus Jack makes his way to the ring. He's still got the IV stand stuck in him. He's got a sling on as well. <laughs> oh, hey, no. Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> complete with chainsaw. They've come to help Austin. And they're also going to go run after DX. My God. Well, we talk about who's hardcore. Walmato Funk and Cactus Jack coming out here to help Steve Austin. Dan, what do you think of that, eh? That is crazy. <laughs> you know, again, I'm agreeing with you. The wrestling wasn't 100%, but the stories they tell throughout it is just brilliant. Yeah. And this is the difference between Nitro and Raw at the moment that we've seen just from a couple of episodes. You know, obviously Nitro has got, for me, better production values and slightly better matches, but they're, they're telling the story and it's all about Steve Austin at this moment in time. Yeah. And now he's coming back to the ring and he's, I think, a DX t-shirt in his hands. Uh, Austin wants Michaels. Michaels wants Austin. We're going to get it at WrestleMania, but we've still got another two episodes left to go. So we move on to Raw episode 246, February 9th. And we start the show with Sonny dressed as Marilyn Monroe. Happy birthday, Freddie Blassie, who's 80 years old. He's dead now, though. Well, we see a promo video showing last week's Raw. And Michael's going, this is it, Austin. There will be Stone Cold Hell to pay today. Yes, we are in Evansville, Indiana. And what do we think of the red blob on the DX t-shirt? It's weird, isn't it? Because DX is usually green and the colours like that. But with the red blob there, maybe they're trying something new. You know, didn't have the proper colour scheme yet. Were you a fan of the the red blob? Are you more happy with it? No, I'm more happy with what they became. Yeah. Black and green. It's weird because the red blob with DX don't really go at all, does it? So we get Kevin and JR on commentary. Yes, we're told tonight we will see a WrestleMania press conference and JR guarantees HBK and Austin will get it on. Get it on. Sunny walks to the ring. Well, two things about her. Awful voice and nipples. <laughs> All right, well, we get LOD versus Jarrett and Wyndham. Yes, payback for two weeks ago, perhaps? Well, I don't know, but it's really five on two with Rock and Roll Express and Cornet at ringside. Yes, and L.O. They are indeed. And Jeff had Hawk in figure four when Bradshaw comes out, so L.O.D. gets DQ'd. The N.W.A. wins. Yes, and backstage with DX. Uh, backstage, DX have come up with an idea. Mm. And what would that be idea? We'll find out later. Next match, Pierre versus Henry Godwin. Quebecers have got a slot bucket. Why? Well, on Saturday, Shotgun, Godwin's cost Quebecers a victory. And this Sunday, they fight at No Way Out in a tag team action. Yeah, I'm not very good with commas and shit. Uh, fair play to Pierre, the big man, pull <laughs> off the top rope onto Henry. Yes, Godwin's fight back, but gets hit by a bucket swung by Pierre. But don't fear, Phineas or Midian, who buckets Pierre for Henry to win? 
We see China backstage. She goes up to Vega and the rest of Los Conquistadores. Sorry, Los Barricos. And she basically talking about it. She's speaking the Spanish. She's going, Xavier uh, Vega, Sean Michaels, Steve Austin. So you're kind of getting the gist of what she's saying, really. I was going to do a more racist Spanish accent, but I don't think there's a time or place. Yes, well, Vega wants to see the Forget DX have paid for their services before. Yeah. Well, next match, Pantera team with Brian Christopher because on Shotgun Saturday, Taka and Pantera teamed, but swerve alert, Pantera beat down Taka. Wow. And they're going against Taka and Aguilar, who is 19 years old, and Taka's 23. Yeah, the crowd did not care. Yes, a nice corkscrew, <coughs> a nice corkscrew to the outside by Aguilar. Yeah, uh... Pantryan, as I'm over the match. <laughs> you see what I did there, Pantera and Brian? Pantryan take over the match. Taka gets a hot tag, and he was on fire, baby. Yes, Brian pulled an object out of his tights. No, James, not what you're thinking. <laughs> but Taka blocked. Pantera grabbed the object, stuck it in his mask, and pins him. Yeah, and uh, first of all, right, oh, that's good. You can hide it under your mask and use it. But Brian, he did pull it out of Brian Christopher's trousers and then stuck it in his mask. I mean, there must have been a kind of... You know what I mean? Like, it's maybe a soul to it. Knob cheese. Yeah, exactly. But no way out. Why can't Pantera just bring the object in his mask? Referee don't know. Headbutt wins in one, two, three, you know? Indeed, yes. But Kane's out next with Paul Bearer. Well, Fat Man says the leeches of the night are shocked that Kane tombstone Vader. And you think the Untaker will return? You are so wrong. And then Kane set a clock on fire. No, he doesn't say that. What does it say? Kane set a clock on fire. No, Kane set a clock on fire! <laughs> a clock, Dan! Out of all the objects, he set a clock on fire! The power of Kane! <laughs> look, here's the, it's just a normal clock that Kane has his hand. And look at the power of the big red machine. Look what he can do. How did he do that? How did he set the clock alight? I've no idea. It's this magic hellfire and brimstone. Yeah, Bearer making sure because you don't want uh, burning plastic around. It's got Vader's face on it as well. And Kane, again, another one of those. If he set an opponent alight during a match, you'd probably think it's an easier way to win, wouldn't you? Because you'd definitely get a count out victory. You know Uh, what I mean? Most (laughs) definitely, yeah. I'm not saying you're going to pin the man. That would just be stupid. But, you know, they, they might run to the back. Well, cool. i got to say, like, the mask and everything like that. And the eyes of the mask, I feel, tell their own story as well. Because you're wondering, what is underneath there? What's the kind of disfigurement does it look like? They sold this Kane story so well to me that, I, you know, he is a true monster. And the whole suit, you know, only his arm exposed. And what he can do, what he can't do yet, we really don't know. Indeed, yes. And the fire extinguisher is about 20 years too late. Yeah. Well, next, a recap of Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin. Yeah. And Warzone begins. Oh, Warzone is here. Um, King and JR, of course, on commentary. Michael Kelly. Michael Kelly? Michael Cole, Kevin Kelly. They're fucked off again. Yeah, Shamrock's out here with DOA and the Black Johnson. Now, that that is not very PC. But the nation arrive, and The Rock grabs the mic, and we get his thoughts on cloning. No one is worthy enough to be cloned apart from... Him. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what, Dan. You look at The Rock there... And he had talent, and he was hated. It was a perfect combination, wasn't it, for a, for a young wrestler like that. He truly was hated by everybody in that crowd, and that's such a good thing to see. And it's imagine, you know, the same ones that are booing him are probably the ones that cheer him later on. Yeah, exactly. So it's tag team action. Farouk and The Rock 
versus Chains and Shamrock. Yep, The Rock gets tagged in and knocked about by Ken and Co. Well, The Rock tags out and Farouk takes control thanks to the nation. Rock tags himself back in, but he's not happy for long. Ken Manag from Chains. Well, the Hurricane Rana and Ankle Lock, but uh, but gets rocked literally with a chair. Ref didn't see it. Fruit picked up the win. And I talk about the chair and unprotected chair shots. We are going to take a look at it because it is one of the best chair shots I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that came around a bit too quick. Let's just... So Shamrock's got the ankle lock in. He's got Fruit in tight. And then the rock... Swings for the fences, as they say. Well, it's all breaking down on the outside. Hurricane Rana. Shamrock signals for the end. So, the referee's distracted ball. He's outgoing. Here comes the rock. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. I know. Isn't it great? He nearly <laughs> knocks Ken Shamrock's head off his shoulders. Knocks him safe. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And rumour has it. Rumour has it. He still actually is feeling that chair shot today. Well, after the match, Ken's gang come in, but Ken loses it and suplex referees and chains. He's got that crazy look in his eyes that we all know and love. Yes, and the WrestleMania countdown, and it is only seven weeks away. Yeah, and now here is the WrestleMania press conference that we've all been waiting for. Right, anyway. So that's what. I, so it's a press conference, Dan, and I'll give you my thoughts on it because I always ask. I, I feel it gives it a big fight feel. You know, uh, WWF have been sorely lacking that in recent years, and to have a press conference with all them kind of newspapers and people watching, with Tyson involved, it makes the WWF seem like the number one, even though it's not at this moment in time. And they're building towards Michael saying he's not going to lay down for anybody. Austin saying if you don't know who I am, you will do by the end of this. And Tyson, you, we know what Tyson's like. You know, it's it's a powder keg of things putting in at WrestleMania. The ticket sold out in 90 seconds, and now it does get you excited. You know, 20 years ago, the WF were doing exactly the same thing as they do nowadays towards WrestleMania, but I feel it's even more special because of the special uh, factors kind of involved in it, you know? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it, it does, as you say, you know, it gives it that big fight feel, and it's they're building up. I know it's like seven weeks away, but they're throwing everything at yeah. this. I mean, this story's been building what since Royal Rumble yeah and and exactly and it's this is the thing they do whereas I think with Nitro Nitro week in week out thing of on this show this is what's happening with the WRF and Raw it's like we're building towards Wrestlemania this is our big goal and then whatever happens in between is story leading up to it you know so uh, that's what I feel the difference is but anyway I just want to show you this quickly but we'll we'll carry on so the next match is Black Blackman. Next match is Steve Blackman versus Recon. Yes, and uh, Recon is Bull Buchanan, Jackal, and from the, who was Jackal and uh, the Truth Commission as well. Uh, yeah, Recon is Bull Buchanan, Jackal and Truth Commission. There, there, there's Jackal there at this moment in time, right? I thought I was fucking tripping, right? But the Jackal is coming down on a stage from the city. But that is happening, isasn't it, right now? Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Because I I weren't sure what the fuck was going on. Uh, Blackman, you like this one, Dan. Blackman was Green Man in this one. See what, see what I did there? He was very green. Mm-hmm. Have you got a better one than that? No, no, I'll, I'll let you have that one. No, and you that, ha- I think you have about Recon. Well, Recon was the same colour as his top, which, funnily enough, was green. Ah, there you go. You beat me on that one, then. Well, Jackal talked through all of the match. Literally all of the match. Well, Recon missed Steve with a splash. 
Blackman submits Recon with an armbar. Yep. He is still undefeated. Yes, he is. Happy. Maybe, just maybe, Recon was distracted by Jackal coming down from the ceiling and some cunt talking during the whole fucking match. Yes, well, that's not it. Jackal slaps Recon. Recon looks to do something, but chooses against it. Well, absolute bollocks. No wonder they were losing the ratings, the twats. Indeed, yes. Well, moving swiftly on. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, but yeah. Yeah, the New Age Outlaws are out, and we have it on Cactus and Funk. We saw them last week coming from the hospital, but we're not sure what their condition is, really. Yes, and uh, they recreate the stunt. Yeah, so here we go. Let's have a look at the Outlaws. Here's what the Outlaws are just goofy, aren't they? Re- reason why Road Dog is wearing both the title belts is because Billy wanted to fold his T-shirt in. That That is the only reason. Oh, yeah. There we go. They've got the dumpster, and they're just mocking Cactus and Charlie now. Oh, no. Look at Cactus and Charlie. Luckily, no CPR. And the Outlaws, I mean, apart from DX, the Outlaws were the only ones really pushing the envelope and mocking uh, <laughs> mocking the, the, the superstars, I suppose, to the biggest extent. I mean, just they're imagine... They're like sex dolls. Yeah, well, Dan, you would know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anyway, we're swiftly moving on from that. Yes, uh, well, they've got the main event, Manson Dust, with Mark (coughs) and the main event, which is Manson Dust, with Mero, Sable, and Luna versus Thrasher. Yes, this is the main event match. Yes, Sable slapped Manson Dust, Thrasher rolled him up for the win, and then Sable slapped Luna to a huge ovation. Not in that kind of way. No, it was more story than match. Yes, and then DX are on their way. Right, so let's find the end of it. Then. Early on the night, Stone Cold Steve Austin stole the WF Championship belonging to Shawn Michaels. And he's using it as bait to lure DX out. I don't know if Stone Cold will come out here. It'd be silly if he did. And the belt suits him. It does, yes. I don't know if he'll ever be able to hold one himself, though. I don't know where well, he gets his chance, though, down at WrestleMania. A lot of it's only a few weeks away now, and he's swinging a belt at DX. <laughs> uh oh, here come the outlaws. They was baiting him in. Tyler bait. Jail bait. Austin surrounded by the. In- well, DX and the outlaws. I hear a chainsaw. Yep, I can hear something as well. Oh, and China's got the title belt. But I think the pressing issue is going to be DX beat down Austin. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> chainsaw <laughs> has just used his chainsaw to cut through the ring. <laughs> there we go now. Three men. That sounds more like a motorbike than a chainsaw. And here comes Owen Hart. Don't forget there's a hole in the ring as well. Oh, are we going to get it on? Oh, DX went running away. Well, I think Sean Marcus got what he wanted, didn't he? Indeed, yes. Now the Outlaws get beaten up. Oh, no. <laughs> you better run, boys. Oh, so there we go. So we are building up towards No Way Out. What did you think of the altercation there between DX and Austin? Yeah, you know, it was very cleverly thought out. I think, you know, the way it was done was brilliant as well. Yeah. Um, it certainly is, again, still building up 
to WrestleMania and up to WrestleMania as well. Yeah. Well, that is our next stop on uh, for the WF is the pay-per-view. We're just going to run through the results uh, as well. Well, the first matchup was the Headbangers, Mosh and Frasher, and they defeated the artist formerly known as Gold Dust and Mark Merrow with Sooner and Label. Uh, label? <laughs> Sooner and Label. <laughs> Thank you. With Luna and Sable. Where was it held? It was held... Oh. It was in Texas at the Compact Center in Houston, Texas, and the attendance was 16,110. Oh, that's not bad. All right, so we had uh, Sooner and Label. <laughs> Sooner and Label. We had Tucker Mishinoku defending his title against Pantera, uh, and Tucker Mishinoku won that match. We had the Quebecers, Jacques and Pierre, versus the Godwins, Henry O. Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin, and the Godwins won. Mm-hmm. We had... Justin Bradshaw defeating Jeff Jarrett <laughs> yeah. by disqualification. <laughs> yeah, that was the first time ever an NWA title was defended on a WF pay-per-view. Before we get to the next match, before we get on to that, it's one of my favourite promos of all time from The Rock. And weirdly enough, The Rock doesn't say a lot in it. So, But we are going to get the thoughts of the nation backstage here. Here we go. Just watch The Rock. Just watch The Rock. I mean, <laughs> how great is that, though? Again, you know, it's it's just brilliant storytelling. You've got Farouk, who's the leader of the nation, and you've got The Rock kind of challenging him for dominance in the nation. You know, he's saved Farouk's ass before. You know, he's the IC champ, as yeah, he likes yeah. to keep pointing out. And, you know, he's, he's, it looks like he's starting to get fed up with Farouk and his talking. And, uh, you know, he <laughs> looks to try and become top dog in the nation of domination exactly it's just, it's just so expressful you know to talk about hitting Shamrock with a chair and what he did and uh, it's just great and you know these little things you miss out on but that's what builds character to it as well so what the next match after the interview then Dan was um, the war of attrition match and that was the nation going against Ahmed Johnson the DOA and Ken Shamrock and Ken Shamrock and the DOA and Ahmed Johnson defeated the nation yeah so there is problems in the nation we'll see what happens with that as we move forward and then after that uh up next was uh vader going against kane yeah and we're just going to see at the end of it because vader well jr was saying it was the most offense someone had put in in a match against uh kane but in the end kane hit the tombstone beat vader quite easily but it's not about that i want to see it's it's after <laughs> because again WF were, were, were trying different things, and no, Danny doesn't set Vader alight. Oh. But um, he does do something quite strange. Oh, he's got a big wrench. He's, he's got a huge wrench in his hands. I mean, that is a heavy-duty wrench, yeah? A very heavy-duty wrench. And he's got it, and Vader's up to his feet. Think. <laughs> and he gets a wrench across the face. That is all I have to say about that. That is coming over the face with a wrench. And from that, they're saying Vader's face was uh, just horribly deconstructed. Oh, and it wasn't before. No. Handsome man. So move on to the main event. And the main event, yes, and that is DX, (coughs) Uh, the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and Road Dogg, Savio Vega and Triple H Mm -hmm. with China. And they went against Cactus Jack, Chainsaw Charlie, Owen Hart and Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin so, in a non-sanctioned eight-man tag team match. So basically what it was, was um, it was meant to be Shawn Michaels in there, of course, with Triple H. 
But what they had said, even though they knew he got an injury at Royal Rumble, they said Michael suffered a back injury in training the, the, the week before the pay-per-view, couldn't compete. Uh, so during the night, it was to talk who would be the fourth member of the team. A little bit of excitement built, maybe. You don't want anybody else filling Shawn Michaels' place. No one can fill Michaels' place. It's just going to be a four and three. So then the WWF had to put someone in Shawn Michaels' place, and they chose, yes, Savio Vega. So, you know, it uh, wasn't maybe the best choice. But I tell you something, it wasn't a bad match. Uh, and there's... I'm trying to think, where's the trash can? There's a fantastic thing Steve Austin does in it. I watched a bit of it last night, and there's a great thing Austin does. But now, there we go, that's it. <laughs> he literally <laughs> picks up a trash can. And throws it at Billy Gunn. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see if I can get the, the replay So, again. Savio Vega and Chainsaw Charlie, who wore it better? <laughs> I know, exactly. Why would they not talk to each other and be like, well, who wore that? Right, there you go. So, he just launches yeah. a trash can straight in the face of B.A. Billy Gunn. And Billy saves it perfectly. Uh, Austin gets the hot tag in, obviously clears house. Was anyone actually holding Savio Vega? I don't think they were. Oh! A stunner for Billy Gunn. Do A big right hand for Triple H. <laughs> he bounces his head off the announce table. He might have broke his damn nose. But no one would know because it's so damn huge. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So even though it was a WF pay-per-view, you could say, arguably, they weren't looking at this one. They were looking towards WrestleMania, which in my eyes is, is not too bad, as long as you're letting the fans know that this, you know, you can pay for this, but there's not going to be maybe anything that's going to be a game-changer, so to speak. WrestleMania is going to be the, the big one. Where it's at. Yeah, and I don't mind that with be pay-per-views. You know, if you, you miss one or something like that, you're not really missing too much. I know they've tried to change it in recent years. Like, every pay-per-view is important. Oh, and China now. Not happy. Coming face to face with the rattlesnake. Well, she knows how to handle snakes. Well, exactly. She knew how to handle she snakes. She knew she'd bless her. Rest in peace, big girl. Oh, she pushes. Push, pushes? She pushes Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, and a second Steve Austin. Now, James, there's certain things that you don't do. No, you don't. What, what are those things, Dan? You don't tug on Superman's cape. Yep. You don't spit into the wind. Yep. And you don't push the rattlesnake. Well, she's done it twice, and she's saying to Steve Austin, try it. And Austin, being a bigger man, there you go, leaving the ring. Uh-oh. And now China telling Austin that he's number one. Oh, uh, Austin's in. Oh, no! Did he kick her in the fanny? He did! Stunner! Stunner, Austin! <laughs> he does not care if you're a man or a woman. You get in his face... He's going to hit you with a stunner. Or both in China's case. <laughs> wow. So Steve Austin's on a roll as we move towards WrestleMania. So, next Raw. Episode 247 on the 16th of February, but it actually aired Saturday the 21st of February. Yeah, they did not want to go head-to-head in the Monday Night Wars, so they chose a Saturday instead. Well, we get fireworks and we are in Dallas, Texas. Yes, and uh, DX might file a lawsuit with what happened at No Way Out. First match is LOD versus Quebecers. Yes, and JR, Kevin Kelly, and Michael Cole are on commentary. Yeah, it's a seven-minute match, and the Outlaws come out during the match, and they look Hawk into a dumpster. Well, Animal realises what's happened to Hawk, so he chases them with chairs and gets counted out. Yep, that happened. LOD were over, but this is how they're being used at the moment. Yes, and they're uh, 
They've got some promos out, but it's not for WrestleMania, James. It is for WWF The Music Volume 2. Remember when you used to do that? I've still got, I've got Volume 2 up, so I've got all the volumes of the WWF Music selection. Uh, DX will be on Raw next week. Oh. Next week, that's a shame. Well, we get a special look at China. Yeah. No, not that kind of special look, James, before you're thinking. No. Uh, next match is Sniper versus Shamrock. Yes, Recon came out with his mate, but like last week, the Truth Commission lost. Yep, Sniper taps to Ken, and afterwards, exactly the same as last week, Jackal slaps Sniper, but unlike Recon, Sniper went after his leader. Recon has to stop him. Yes, and at no way out, Sable pushed over Mark Merrow and was apparently done with him. Up next week with an in-ring interview. Backstage, we see Recon and Sniper arguing. Could this be the end of the Truth Commission? Who cares? Find out next week. <laughs> so we're gonna find. So the uh, sables out to a big pop, and we're gonna find out now if it is over between the two. King says that they're the most popular couple. Are they gonna split? Well, Mero says he's not the bad guy. Sable wasn't there. Instead, she was on Raw wearing a three sixteen mm-hmm. t-shirt. She's trying to steal his spotlight. She can't win matches, but he can. Well, Sable knows her place. She belongs to Mero. Yep. King asks about the push at No Way Out, but Mero said he he tripped. And then there's flowers from a secret admirer. Yeah, Sable says it's nice. Someone is thinking about her. Oh, is that going to continue, is it? Wow. Mm. Well, anyway, it's the NWO tag team titles are on the line next. Yep. And, and, go oh, and Jim Cornette talks about the NWO. Yeah, the Rock and Roll Express versus the Headbangers. Dan, this is... Bad and like I did with Mongo versus Bulldog, you ha- you have to watch at least some of this. So Tommy Young is the NWA referee. I'm sure you know Tommy Young, we're very famous the NWA back in the 70s, and this is NWA rules. And here we go. These old men in the ring are the Rock and Roll Express going against the tag team headbangers. And here comes Frasher getting the hot tag in, and he power slams. They're going to be in trouble. No. No. No, managing to kick out. Uh, Mosh comes in. No tag was made, but that's... Oh! Two-man flapjack, and he <laughs> nearly folded him in half. And that's going to be it. No. Stan Lane and Bobby up. Eaton, I do believe. Well, Eaton is a mess. He is, and at the moment, he just dropped in his head. Now he's going to be mosh-pitted. <laughs> there you go, that's it. Two, three... But oh. the ref doesn't count for the three. Wait a minute, but why? Well, the Rock and Roll Express have retained the NWA World Title uh, Tag Team Titles because in the NWA being thrown over the top, well, it was a disqualification, you see. So because he got thrown over the top, nothing that uh, Tommy Rich could do about it, Tommy Young could do about it. That is absolutely awful. It's terrible, isn't it? It yeah. really is. It really fucking is. So anyway, Mania moment next. Andre Giant at WrestleMania 4. Yes, and we are only six weeks away from WrestleMania. Yeah, and of course, uh, then we start off Warzone and the King. Yes, well, JR in ring going to interview Austin. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) So he picks up JR's hat. (laughs) Chance of the crowd. And of course, there might be a lawsuit, but I don't think Steve Austin cares. Uh, I will say a basic Austin promo, but he hasn't didn't say anything he hasn't said before, really, in that one, did no. he? Okay, so up next, European title is on the line. Yeah, defending against Double J. And it's not a bad match. They like each other, 
and that had a and <clears throat> it's not a bad match because they like each other and had a bit of chemistry. Hart had the sh- sh- Hart had the sharpshooter in, but Jim came to cause disqualification and got caught in a sharpshooter for his troubles. Well, JR tells us Owen Hart will defend the title versus Triple H at WrestleMania 14. Now we get Doc Hendricks in the ring. Of course, we know as Michael Hayes, and he's loving life at the moment. And Michael Hayes has just been interrupted by Kane. It's Kane. <laughs> it's got to be Kane. He walks through hellfire and brimstone barefooted. <laughs> the most dominant force in the WF right now. Everybody put before him, he's destroyed, like he said. Untaker, his brother, the Untaker, and now the Mastodon Vader. And now Doc Hendricks. And he's got a boot in his hand. He's taking his boot off. And he hits Kane right in the face. Uh-oh. Well, the third time Kane catches him around the throat, <laughs> choke slams him to the mat. Wow. That did not work there for uh, Doc Hendricks, a.k.a. Michael Hayes. And Michael Dirty Socks Hayes. <laughs> well, he... It's not only got dirty socks now, I feel, after Kane came out. <laughs> He's got dirty pants as well, yes. <laughs> so, Sonny is our ring announcer again for Taka. And Aguilar versus Brian Christopher and Pantera. Again. Yep, not a bad match, but second-rate feel to this. Yes. Uh... Oh, hang on a minute. Stacker wins with Machinoku Driver. But that's not what I want to talk about here. Brian Christopher, again, cannot believe it. Look at the fucking... Look at that. Next match, Farouk with Nation versus Steve Blackman. Who's green still? He's still Stu's green man who's black. Black green man. Yes. There we go, the nation. The appreciation for the nation and the rock. They're all doing the nation salute. But the rock seems to have something in his hand. I don't know what he wants. He wants a microphone. Let's hear him. Oh, that really nice? What the rock is doing right now. He's handing out presents to all of the nation. Solid gold Rolexes. They must cost a fortune. My God, give him to what a nice guy the Rock is. This must have cost him thousands of pounds. This must have cost him thousands of pounds, and yet he's given out these gifts to the uh, members of the nation. So they all got one: Karma, Delay, Mark Henry, and what's he got for Farouk? Oh, the Rock saying Farouk is the only man that can lead the nation. So he gave watches to all the members of the nation, and he's given Farouk. A portrait of himself. Oh, come on, Farouk. That is just ungratefulness. You don't slam that picture down like that. The Rock is very upset as we see Steve Blackman coming out here ready for his match against Farouk. But, I mean, the the amount of money the Rock must have put into that. I mean, how much that painting like that cost? Probably more expensive than the gold, solid gold Rolex watch. Indeed, especially if it was signed as well. This is the thing, isn't it? It's worth loads of money now. The Rock's saying fruit. You're the nation leader. You can do this. Yeah, sure, Steve Blackman's undefeated, but to go against someone like Farouk... So here comes the green black man now. And the Rock looking at the picture going, yeah, that guy looks cool in that one. And Farouk now beating down Steve Blackman. There's a bit of martial arts there by Steve Blackman. A couple of kicks. We're looking for a drop kick, but he was just uh, swatted away there by Farouk. Oh, Farouk now slams him down. Elbow drop. He's going to put Blackman away. The rest of the nation probably won't have to get involved in this. Blackman went for a dive there and Farouk had, <coughs> had dodged it. Dominator times. Farouk's finisher. 
And that is it. And The Rock's still parading around with that picture frame. Oh, no. That picture gets snatched out of The Rock's hands. Well, to be fair, he did give it to Fruit, didn't he? But I think Fruit's going to give it to Steve Blackman. Oh. <laughs> oh, The Rock's saying, no, you do not disrespect my picture. No. Oh, refer- uh, Blackman rolling up Farouk and gets a victory. Wow, that was... Uh... No one expected that. No, that was, a, that was a shock upset there. Blackman getting out of harm's way, still undefeated. The leader of the nation beating their folks to a roll-up. But was that The Rock's fault? I mean, Farouk seemed more interested in The Rock. Yeah, well, Farouk was more interested in The Rock and his picture, and he was going to disrespect yeah. The Rock's gift. Exactly, and that's when to get the job done. You could have pinned him, and then you could have moaned about it afterwards. And is Farouk now going to beat out The Rock? Rock saying, no, the picture's fine. You can have it now. Come on, Fruit. Take a breath. There you go. It's fine. Mark Henry's got the pitch safe. And Fruit punches the portrait. The Rock is furious. A lot of thought and effort went into that gift. Exactly. And now the nation having to break it up. D-Lo and Karma calming it down. We had problems with Karma and Fruit a couple of weeks ago. And I don't think you can save that picture, Rock, unfortunately. And it's, what's interesting about this now is that the rest of the nation are leaving Fruit, leaving the Rock alone. In the ring, so well, Fruit... Even after Rock makes expensive exactly. Rolex, Rolex watches. Exactly. So you've got to think Fruit still has the power in the nation. Anywho. Rode up, my duck. up next in our main event. Yes, it's our main event. Goldust and Mero versus Cactus and Funk. Well, the story was on the outside as Luna grabbed Sable's flowers. Yes, she brought them back out with her. <laughs> after you get given them, why couldn't you... Well, she was glad that she's got... She might not give get given flowers... You know, being with Mark Merrow, she probably yeah, just yeah. gets bunches of fives. <laughs> you don't give me flowers. <clears throat> uh, distracting ref. Merrow caught, caught, got caught with cactus chair. One, two, three. Thankfully, it's over. Yes. And that was a really bad episode of Raw. Oh, that was awful. You know, it's a Saturday field to it. DX weren't there. Austin didn't have a match. Uh, I mean, the main event of why they rely so much on Goldust and Mark Merrow recently, I don't know. I know Sable's over. Don't get me wrong, but it's almost like they are filling a little bit of time, you know? I've got to be fair. Uh, what have you thought of the past few episodes of Raw? Um, <clears throat> wrestling quality-wise, terrible. Yep. But storytelling-wise, it's been brilliant. Yeah. You know, they, they're certainly leading up to WrestleMania. Um, you know, maybe that's why we saw our best matches at WrestleMania's at Survivor Series, you know, because that's what they do. They lead up towards it even... The No Way Out event beforehand was leading up to the WrestleMania. You know, it's all been about WrestleMania, Mike Tyson, Austin, HBK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like just the one big massive main event. It's been going on since the Rumble and yeah, you know, they're certainly telling a great story and everything else is just kind of filler. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, exactly that. I think that's missable. I think with Nitro... I, I enjoyed watching it more just because there's more shit thrown at us, you know. The, the amount of stuff thrown in that period, yeah. there was it, it would be five minutes later and you have something else. With this, it's like the amount of times you saw like the NWA guys or you saw the Truth Commission, you know, just like, fucking hell, the roster isn't that great at this moment in time. The main event angles are, are maybe arguably better than they are with Nitro, but I think Nitro nicked it for me this month uh, watching it. So what we're going to do now, we're going to end this episode here. And then we'll be back on Wednesday for part two, the WCW Super Bowl 1998 in its entirety. And then after that, the Nitro and Raw 
and after that, the Nitro and Raw the night after. And we're going to get a wrap-up on our thoughts and what everything we've seen in February. And then don't forget, we're back in March, where we will be watching WrestleMania 14 on the WNR podcast. But that is it for now. Um, anything else, Dan? No. Okay, cool. So that is it for now. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at WWE Network Review or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. We've also got a friend on Twitter. Yes, he's just trying to make the world a better place, and that is Mini Chris Benoit, and you can follow him at Mini Chris Benoit. Or you can follow us on Google Plus, WWE Network View. You send us an email if you want, the WNR Podcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WWE Network Review Podcast. And we're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. So you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Podcasts go up on Sundays and then sometimes Wednesdays on uh, YouTube and other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Stitcher Radio, Spreaker Radio, where we've got our big live weekend coming at WrestleMania time, but we'll give you more details as we move along. And iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. we see you for part two. Bye. Bye. 